You're listening to the Acadiana's Morning News Podcast, brought to you by LABI and always on kpal965.com. Time. Get the latest headlines online anytime with the KPAL News app. Download it for free in the App Store and Google Play. KPEL FM, Brobridge, Lafayette. House Democrats will probe the new Russia controversy President Trump calls a hoax. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. He is out there not doing a damn thing about the fact that there's overwhelming evidence that Putin has gone and he's paying significant bounties to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan. That's the president's challenger, Joe Biden. Before today's hearing, Republican Congressman Tim Burchett will be there, and he told Fox this morning. You know, the Washington Post said that uh, the sum total seems to be that the president was not brief because the reports were unverified or lacked intelligence community consensus. I think that's what you're going to find. Another hearing at the same time involves more presidential controversy. Fox's Rachel Sutherland explains live. Dave, Washington lawmakers are grilled Defense Secretary Mark Esper and Joint Chiefs of Staff Mark Milley about the retirement of Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, who testified in President Trump's impeachment inquiry. Vindman announced plans to leave the Army, citing retaliation and intimidation, even though he was slated for a promotion, according to the Washington Post. Secretary Esper and General Milley will also likely face questions about the Pentagon's role in responding to the George Floyd protest and the clearing of demonstrators from Lafayette Square to allow for the president to walk through. Dave? Rachel, the Supreme Court will finally rule today on attempts by House Democrats and a New York prosecutor to get President Trump's financial records. The president's attorneys argue that the House subpoenas and the subpoenas from the New York DA were unprecedented, and they asked for temporary presidential immunity. Lower courts, both at the district court and appellate levels, have ruled against him. Fox's John Decker. The coronavirus surge hits a record. Reuters reports more than 60,000 new cases reported yesterday in the U.S. With record deaths and hospitalizations in Texas, Dr. Diana Fight told Fox. A lot of the patients now are younger and not quite as sick, but because of the volume, we have a lot of very sick people, too. And she says they may need to open a stadium. America is listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Pushing schools to reopen, even threatening to cut off funding to those that don't in the fall. Getting pushback from New York Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo. School reopenings are a state decision, period. Now, schools in New York City plan a blend of 
in-class learning and online as well. Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar. The health risks to them of not being in school are out, uh, definitely outweigh the risks of being back at school. The president also tweeted he disagrees with CDC guidelines for safe reopenings, calling them very tough and expensive. So now new guidelines will be issued next week. Louisiana is taking a step to protect schools. Democratic Governor John Bell Edwards signing a bill shielding schools from most civil lawsuits if a student or teacher contracts COVID-19. The legislation provides exceptions for lawsuits that can prove grossly negligent or wanton or reckless misconduct. The law applies to all Louisiana schools and colleges, and it's retroactive to March 11th, around the time of the state's first positive test. Supporters argue the legal protections are necessary to encourage schools to resume in-person classes. Opponents say shielding campuses from most lawsuits puts teachers and students at greater risk of exposure to the coronavirus. Steve Rappaport, Fox News. When Major League Baseball season finally starts in two weeks... There won't be fans. Same with the NBA's restart later this month in Orlando, Florida. But things may be different for football. The Kansas City Chiefs Wednesday announced that games at Arrowhead Stadium will have limited capacity seating as the threat of the coronavirus remains. Season ticket holders will be allowed into the stadium to watch games with seating set to be reconfigured to accommodate social distancing. This has the Baltimore Ravens announced that M&T Bank Stadium will allow a maximum of 14,000 people to attend home games this year. That's Fox's Matt Napolitano on Wall Street. Stock futures are down nearly 100 points for the Dow the day after. After the Dow went up 177 and the Nasdaq hit a new record high. I'm Dave Anthony and this is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good Thursday morning. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick with this update. The state of Louisiana is now ranked number five in the world for the number of COVID-19 cases per million people. Louisiana is listed as having roughly 2,000 cases per 1 million residents. There have been 70,151 confirmed cases of coronavirus in Louisiana. Just over 10% of all tests yesterday were positive. That's a benchmark the federal government uses to track problem areas. 95% of the cases reported to the state were community spread. Now let's turn to those numbers of hospitalizations. 1,022 patients in the hospital. That number down by three since yesterday. Governor Edwards says the state is headed in the wrong direction in its battle to stop the spread of COVID-19, but he's not contemplating a statewide mask mandate. Edwards says you should wear a mask when interacting with others outside of your home. Everything that, that we in this country and around the world have learned about the disease and the way that it spread uh, indicate that mask usage is incredibly important. The state health department reports over 70,000 coronavirus cases since the pandemic started. 1,000 COVID patients are hospitalized. The governor says over the last eight days, Louisiana has tested over 100,000 people, but that's also created a backlog in people getting their tests back. Assistant Health Secretary Dr. Alex Biu says if you're waiting on your results and you were exposed to someone who has COVID-19, you need to stay home for 14 days. You need to, to take whatever measures you can to isolate yourself in your home from other household members to reduce the likelihood that you would transfer uh, COVID to them uh, and certainly not going out. Concern is growing that statewide coronavirus pandemic numbers may result in fall high school sports being canceled. The governor says it's just too early to say. And I think we all have some concern that the situation may be such. That's a prudent decision. Uh, but I don't think we're at that point in time where that decision needs to be made. And I think we need to, to know a little bit more. 
The LHSAA released a statement late Wednesday afternoon that said they are fully committed to the safe return of high school sports coming in the fall. A recent poll shows post-pandemic snacking is on the rise for Americans, and that's leading to people packing on the pounds. Matt Doyle has more for what it means in our state. Two-thirds of respondents to a recent one-poll survey say they put on some weight since March, with snacking and diet breaking being the biggest reasons why. LSU Health New Orleans Professor of Public Health Melinda Southern says that's pretty typical when people's routines get disrupted, but now's a bad time to be gaining weight. Obesity is associated with worst outcomes if you do get COVID-19. She says to cut down on snacking, just don't keep them around the house and get some sleep. When your sleep is disrupted, not only do you eat more, but you also have an increase in stress and an increase in inflammation. I'm Matt Doyle. After a pretty soggy start to the work week, we'll start to transition out of that wet pattern and into a hotter, drier one as we get towards the end of the week. Today is kind of the middle ground day, a 30% chance for an isolated shower, maybe a quick thunderstorm as we get further into the afternoon. I think most of us are going to be staying dry, but... If you are going to be out and about, as always, this time of year, not a bad idea to just keep an eye on that radar. Temperatures are going to get up to around 90 degrees in the afternoon. Heat index is going to be running a lot warmer than that. Winds will be from the west-southwest at about 8 to 12 miles an hour. After overnight, lows are going to be dropping down into the upper 70s. We'll see a warming pattern here over the next couple of days. In fact, we should be looking at the mid-90s by the time we get to Saturday. So warming up across Acadiana, going to be drying out as well. It'll still be muggy outside, but shower chances going to be dropping through the rest of the week. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Right now, 78 degrees here at the KPL studios. Our weather update being brought to you by Albertsons. You can save at Albertsons. Boneless chuck roast for two seventy-seven a pound. They've got green seedless grapes for eighty-seven cents a pound, and twenty-four pack signature select refresh water, sixteen point nine ounce bottles for only one ninety-seven each. News Talk 96.5, KPL. Right now, traffic. We have a report of a stalled vehicle on West Main Street this morning. It's West Main Street between Lafayette Street and St. John. Again, it's a stalled vehicle on West Main Street between Lafayette Street and St. John. So make sure you're buckling up, keeping it safe out there. Traffic brought to you by Compassion International. Join compassion and give hope to a family in extreme poverty. Give a $40 one-time gift. You can text the word HOPE to 83393. That's HOPE to 83393. It takes two. It takes me <laughs> and Rob. Good morning. Supposedly. How are Supposedly. Oh my okay, so what yes. am I understanding this right? I don't that know. The antibodies don't matter anymore. Okay, so what they're saying is, all right, so you might have some antibodies, so mm-hmm. but it's not gonna last very long. It's not gonna last forever. Right. So, so all these people yeah. who get are getting the antibody test right now and they don't have them and they could have sworn yeah. they were so sick in February Remember? or March. Yes. 
then maybe you don't have it forever. Which, you know what, I was sort of thinking about a lot of this stuff. I mean, even even the flu, you could get it again because it changes, you know? Like it, True. It's not the same exact thing every time. It's Anywho, a little frustrating, huh? Burn, it's like we just keep learning like new things. And I know it. Now, now I yes. will say this. Okay. Yes, sir. Say it. Say it there to is me, a, Rob. There is a place in time for hope. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, every and, day. Absolutely. Uh, every I mean, day. So, you know what? Maybe we needed to th- to think that. I mean, obviously, people are still getting antibody tests because yes. they're curious if they had it. And well, some people, and if it's you, coming back positive. So that means they probably had it pretty recently. And, but. Yeah. And think about those people. They're needed to actually give blood so that people are currently in the hospital can get some of that stuff to help. So um, I saw, you know, we talked about the LaMare brothers, um, yes. which, which which both are still in the hospital, um, having a hard time. Uh, the brother who was transported uh, to New Orleans, he is, you know, still in a pretty fragile state. The one who is in Lake Charles is apparently doing better, uh, but they can both still need your prayers. But yes. there was one thing that I learned um, that his parents posted, which was in for what whatever whatever program they were working with for the convalescent plasma, they said you actually had to have a positive test. You know, meaning mm. that they you you tested positive for the active virus. Apparently, that is what's important. You know, we know about mm. these other cases where you may not have any symptoms. And so um, maybe that's a part of it too, but um, it's very interesting. So it is. this is just sort of what we're dealing with right now. And um, we're going to be here th- uh, to walk you through it and, of course, bring you any new reporting we are seeing. But that is the word today about antibodies. Um, so good morning. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the show. Uh, that means that Lafayette Live is coming up. It's also uh, an indicator that Bob Carriker, uh, mm-hmm, button mm-hmm, shirt or not, mm-hmm. will be on in about uh, 30 minutes or so. Hilarious. Uh, so we'll see. And we'll see what uh, what he has to talk about. Another story that I saw when I, I got up and I was sort of preparing Think about how terrifying this is. Okay, so um, authorities in California are looking for Naya Rivera. She is an actress from the show Glee. Okay, okay. she was a Hispanic actress um, who was one of the main characters on that show Glee. Okay, um, they're looking for her this morning because they found her four-year-old son on a boat by himself. Can you they believe think how cra- that I know, she crazy. ended up off the boat some kind of way, and they don't know where she is. It's and clearly, terrible. you know... I, you know, I just, I just think, and you know, the part that just sort of like hits me like in my core is how long was that four-year-old by yourself? How mm. scary is that to just not know? And, you know, we've seen this happen before where there is a child who's left unattended, you know, because something happens to the parent and you just think, oh my, like, I, I just, you know, my, my kids are worried when I'm not in the same room as them and I'm around the corner in the living room, you know, yeah, like no, just to think about how scary that might be. So Anyway, uh, we're going to keep watching out for updates on that. They've been searching through the night. Um, no sign, but they have confirmed that it is. Uh, she's 33 years old. Um, Naya Rivera, an actress, uh, missing uh, after she was in a lake Her with her son, apparently. The son was found on the boat by himself. So just a sad story there. Yes. Um, all right, cool. So we have...
That coming up, Bob coming up, Lafayette Live coming up. Of course, your questions, we are always open to hear those. News at kpal965.com. And then Eddie, uh, Eddie Thibodeau from St. Landry Crime Stoppers uh, will update <laughs> us on him. what's going on up there. You know? Yes, I mean, yes. Thursdays are always fun. They're always pretty raucous. Well, so. and you know, their, uh, their Crime Stoppers program and uh, now even more um, in the Acadiana area have been benefiting. You know, they started using that P3 app. Was that two years ago now yeah, yeah it's, it's been it's been a yeah. while but i mean it's it's been a game changer it has and um you know every day their facebook page is putting up information about all kinds of different crimes and of course our our news partners over at ketc on wednesdays they have uh, a feature that features the crime of the week for saint landry parish and of course, that gets a lot of attention there. It's also they put it on their Facebook page and then we pick up the ball on Thursday mornings. But we invite you, no matter what parish you live in, go to that particular parish's Crime Stoppers program Facebook page. You know, check it out every day because you never know when you're one small piece of information can absolutely turn a particular case on its head and you can solve it. Well, and I just think that, you know, you know your neighborhoods better than anyone else. That's right. You know when there are cars out of place or maybe you haven't seen someone. So you can use that app to let them know about things. All right. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, uh, early edition of the Cape Hell Topic Train. All right. That's when we return, including a story oh. about something that kids are doing these days. Mm differently than the way we did it even oh. 10 years ago if you were a kid you know even if you were let's say 15 years if you okay. were considered a kid I... 15 years ago i promise the kids today do something different we're going to tell you about wow. that coming up on the kpel topic train that's just ahead implicit bias we've all got it many hurl the term as an insult i take it as a compliment I'm Kavon Bordelon, and I like being a Catholic, conservative, fun-loving guy. So let's talk about that and everything surrounding those ideals. 11 a.m. Saturdays, Implicit Bias on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 7. The KPL Topic Train is running right on time. Driven by Bruce Hart Poche, LLP, Certified Public Accountants. Uh-huh. All right, so um, there is something that kids do differently. Okay. Okay. Um, I remember seeing a few years ago that uh, uh, something on Facebook, you know, uh, when it used to be fun, you know, before it got all wild. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Where it said, I don't care how big of a man you are, when a two-year-old hands you a plastic phone, you say hello. Hello. You know? Yes. Um. I actually just found out two days ago, um, someone a couple years ago gave my kids these um, like the Samsung flip phones from the late 90s, maybe uh -huh. early 2000s that they just sort of had around. Uh -huh. And um, and they love them. Like they love to play with them. It's a way it's more fun for them to pretend on those fake phones than it is to play walkie talkies. <laughs> it's crazy. Anyways. Um, I found out a couple days ago that uh, my younger daughter calls the Power Rangers every night after oh. prayers when Sarah's tucking them in to just let the Power Rangers know that she's off duty and oh. she's uh, going to go to sleep. I and love that. She hopes they have a good night. Anyways, um, researchers have found something interesting. Tell if me, If you darling. think about it, if we, you know, let's say somebody walks up on us and we're like on the phone and they're like, hey, you know, trying to get your attention. 
and you you put up the shape of a phone up to your ear, and you say like, "I'm on the phone." You, you see what I'm saying? Like the thumb, yeah. the pinky, you make in the shape of a phone. Kids today hold up a flat palm to their face, really, because they only know iPhones, huh? And that sort of device, or if Me. it's an Android, it's like that. So whenever they say like, "I'm on the phone," mm-hmm. they hold the palm up to their face. Well, isn't How that interesting? Is that? I mean, it's just little things like that they'll never know. Like they, yeah. they'll never know a home phone. Wow. Very few people have home phones now, so you don't know that kind. What do you, what do you mean? I gotta how to press a button? You know, like I even I have to do that, and I have to. It's weird. Wait, I have send? to sit by this. Like phone? do I press send? <laughs> I mean, anyway, not to mention a rotary phone. There are some really oh. funny videos on the on the internet about people. They, they place a rotary phone in front of these these young people, and they're like, and clueless. they're not even that young. As, I mean, they're in co- they're like college, yeah, like, uh, high school kids. And I'm like, no, you really, you've never seen frame a rotary of reference. Phone. Yep, they got that. But I will tell you this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we you know old office phones, right? Okay, so they were more boxy. I'm saying like 80s, 90s, you know, not like the office phones we have now. You're talking about with like the light up lines? Yeah. On the top, that kind of phone? Only more like uh, this one only has the dial pad, you know, and just like a flash button. Yes. I actually decided, I'm like, hey, I'm getting one of those. Uh I went totally old school, bought it off of eBay because I find when I'm at home, if I have my cell phone in my hand and I'm talking to somebody, that I, like 80% of the time I find myself completely distracted because then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go change the laundry out. Uh-huh. I'm going to start yeah. washing some yeah. dishes. I'm going to make a list of something. And I'm like, I'm not even paying attention. Look, as so I'm long like, as you I want to pay attention to people. Yeah, as long as you don't flip someone over to speaker so you can do right. something on your phone. Because I'm telling you, my wife has mastered... Um, the art of figuring out when I do that. And it's usually because uh-huh. of something she just said, and I'm like, ooh, let me put that on the to-do list, or let me, like, Google something real uh-huh. quick. And she'll be like, take me out of speakerphone. <laughs> you know, pay attention. <laughs> hey, um, Lay's just released five new restaurant-inspired flavors. Uh, you want to know what they are? Yes, I do. Bring it on. Um, so you know I love potato chips. Me too. And you know what? I love all these flavors. I mean, I'm a... In, sometimes they get a little wild, if you okay. ask me. But all right. these all sound good. All right, New York-style pizza. Pizza, inspired mm. by Grimaldi's Pizza of New York. <gasps> I bet that's delicious. Nashville hot chicken, Ooh. inspired by the restaurant Party Fowl in Nashville. Okay. Do you, have you ever had the hot chicken, by the way? Uh, no, but that sounds okay. delicious. It's fried chicken, okay? Okay. But what it is? You had me at fried chicken. Yeah. So it's ultimately fried, and the batter is spicy. Yeah. However, it is, it is brined. In like buttermilk Ooh. and hot sauce. Oh, so you the, dirty so talker! The, the chicken gets spicy, you know. Anyway, don't. By the way, don't do that without a napkin because your nose just runs all over your chicken and it's not pretty. Okay, um, Philly cheesesteak uh, inspired by Gino's Steaks in Philadelphia. Oh, yum! Carnitas street tacos inspired by wow. El Torito in Los Angeles wow. in Chile relleno. Okay. Inspired by Cocina, Cochina Azul in so Albuquerque. These are temporary flavors, right? Yes. yes. Okay, so we got to start looking all over the place They're to see who's got them. Flavored icons. Ooh, okay. I'm going to. Um, mm-hmm. You know what else I love? The one I told you about, about the New York style pizza. Yeah. It's actually the kettle cooked chips. Ooh, like that's the texture yeah. of chip. Yummy. So pretty okay. cool there. Oh, and that does sound good, but I will tell you, I'm going to tell you right now. 
I don't know if anything for me can ever beat the Zaps voodoo. I, you know what? I am. I'm cold. with you. Yeah. Because what is it like? A mixture of it's like a mixture Ooh. of like ranch and barbecue or I, something. I don't know. All I know is I don't get me around a big large bag of those because yes. you won't get any. Yeah. Any. Um. Okay. And finally, here, you know, things are. Things are very interesting. Now, we work in a very unique workplace where we, we are very close to each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're with each other on the highs and the lows mm-hmm. and, you know, everything in between. But yeah. some people, I don't know why they choose to sell insurance. But they, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking about the insurance people. But why they work in, a, in an office where you have to be super cautious. Okay, super right. cautious. Yes. And it's, it's very professional and everything else. Okay. Um, the internet has come together on something, Burn, and oh. they have decided that snazzy, snazzy. Is, is the safest word to use okay. if you want to compliment someone at work. Ah. You know, because, okay. because people are worried about coming off as a creeper uh-huh. and saying like, oh, uh-huh. because well, I, I was watching, uh, I was introducing my kids, by the way, to some of the classic movies because I'm so tired of watching the new age stuff. Okay, Yeah, yeah, totally. So, um. I mean, I halfway regretted this decision about halfway through, but yesterday we watched Tootsie. <laughs> okay. And there's I the, there's the part movie. where the guy comes in and he's like, it's a really nice blouse. And, um, and <laughs> you know, but you don't want to seem like a creeper. So what can you say? And, and, right? and Twitter has decided snazzy is, is the most snazzy, benign, benign thing. Rob, you know, you really look snazzy today because it doesn't, it's not sexual. Right. It's not. You, you know what, Vern? You're looking hot today. It's not that. See, that's weird. But I've said, you know, that's a that's a snazzy it's necklace snazzy. you're wearing. Um, uh-huh. So other words, neat, slick, or nifty might work too. So I apparently like we're all Greg Brady all of a sudden. Oh, we just my God, yes. Rewind it back. Oh, so anyway, I love it. There you Do go. you remember when he was Johnny, what was it, Johnny Fever? Do you oh, remember that episode? Yes, and yes. Yeah. Um, by the way, they say. the suit? Um, they say another strategy is to be factual with your comments and just say that headband really matches your necklace. That's no compliment. (laughs) Anyway. All right. So I'm just saying snazzy. It's if you want to be safe today at the workplace, snazzy is where you go. Uh, It's 630. I went a little bit long with the topic train, but I was enjoying it. And I think you were too, Bernie. I was. Thank you. Um, Quick break here. We're going to have news coming up at the bottom of the hour. And then we will try to make contact, contact, contact (laughs) with Bob Carricker to bring us some facts and (laughs) trivia and history for the day. Sound good? Yes, it's a plan. We'll do that when we come back. Leveraging the power of Fox News Radio to cover the big issues that matter to you. News Talk 96.5. KPEL. Depend on it. Okay, so five tacos of cheese and a large soda. That's $10,012. Please drive around. Wait, 10000 what? It's obvious you're buzzed and driving. I've only had a few. I'm fine. Yeah, the food's 12 bucks, but getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Please drive around. Actually, just park and come in. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Today we decided to walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 31, I mean 13. We took a left on Carroll Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. It's the bottom of the hour. 
Now the top stories from KPL965.com. We've reached the bottom of the hour and topping your headlines this morning, the Abbeville Police Department arrested Jordan Huntsbury on multiple drug and traffic violations yesterday. To make matters worse, the responding officer also discovered Huntsbury's sleeping child inside the car. Investigators say the child was not in the car when Huntsbury fled from officers at the scene. Governor Edwards signed a new budget into law yesterday that leaves nearly $106 million unspent and on hold as the state grapples with financial troubles due to COVID-19. A total of $535 million was left unspent in the budget. Lawmakers will have an opportunity to steer that money to specific projects during a second anticipated special session this fall. Louisiana is now fifth in the nation per capita on COVID-19 cases and over a thousand people are in the hospital battling the virus here in our state. Jeff Palermo has an update. The governor did not have much in the way of good news during his COVID-19 media briefing. We have lost all the gains made in June and are now seeing some numbers that rival our peak back in April. The state reported nearly 1,900 new cases on Wednesday and Edwards says thousands more are waiting on their test results. And the Department of Health is aware that some testing sites have been very slow in getting results to the people who were tested. Health officials say if you were exposed to COVID-19, then you should quarantine for 14 days. I'm Jeff Palermo. Homer Representative Tanner McGee submits a letter to Bessie requesting the board does not consider a recommendation to cancel high school sports at this time. McGee says it's important to offer a counterbalance to recent initiatives scrapping sports through December. If that's the only letter or request she had in front of her, then it might leave the Bessie board and her under the impression that that's how the legislature felt. Senate Education Chairman Cleo Fields of Baton Rouge had asked Bessie to suspend all fall sports for K-12 schools because of COVID-19. McGee says among the reasons to continue moving forward with sports is to motivate many of the students to stay in school and to combat the health concerns of those struggling with adolescent obesity. We have kids who are overweight. We have kids that have all kinds of physical issues going on. Uh, they need sports to maintain that balance. McGee says canceling sports may also become an obstacle in seeing kids continue their education following high school. Some of them are only avenue to have a scholarship to go to college, and they're going to be missing out on an opportunity to earn that. And the downstream effects of that might be far more detrimental. Louisiana's craft beer industry is branching out into the hard seltzer business. Kevin Barnhart has the story. The largest, fastest growing part of the whole alcohol segment. The boozy sparkling water saw a sales growth of 73% between spring and fall of last year. And founder of Acadiana-based Bayou Tesh Brewing, Carlos Knott, says they've begun producing some flavors year-round. We have a blackberry lemonade, a tangerine, a mango peach, and a kiwi key lime. Plus some specialty flavors as well. We just did one that was flavored like absinthe. And he doesn't see the craze dying down anytime soon. You're out barbecuing or cutting the grass or, you know, at the pool and it's a refreshing, easy drinking beverage. I'm Kevin Barnhart. Former Fox News anchor Shepard Smith has a new TV home, CNBC. Smith will anchor a new primetime news show weekdays at 7 p.m. Smith was one of the original anchors at Fox News when it launched in the late 1990s. He left his show, Shepard Smith reporting, last year after rumored internal conflicts with Fox News Channel management. The Ivy League is putting all sports on hold due to the pandemic. It's now the first NCAA Division I conference to say it won't play college football this fall. And if things don't get better, basketball could reportedly be next. Teams might still practice in the fall but won't play until next year. 
That's because of restrictions on travel, requirements for social distancing, and limits on group gatherings. Houston, Texas is calling off next week's Republican convention for the state. More than 6,000 people were expected in a city that is now a coronavirus hotspot. Mayor Sylvester Turner says he can't take the chance of a large indoor gathering when hospitals are already stretched thin. Republicans called a double standard, saying Turner spoke at last month's Black Lives Matter protests. A New York bird watcher in a viral 911 call says he doesn't want the woman who called the cops on him to be charged. That's why Christian Cooper is no longer cooperating with prosecutors. He said the woman has suffered enough and bringing her more misery is just piling it on. The two were in New York Central Park in May when Cooper asked the woman to leash her dog. She refused and said Cooper was threatening her. Facebook is shutting down more than 100 accounts and pages linked to political operative Roger Stone. The former advisor to President Trump and longtime friend is set to report to prison next week for lying to Congress. Facebook says a network used the site to pose as residents in Stone's home state of Florida to post misinformation and promote the 67-year-old's books and posts. The federal deficit is hitting a record high through the first nine months of the fiscal year. The Congressional Budget Office estimates the new mark to be at $2.7 trillion. The deficit was $863 billion just last month, far more than the $8 billion figure starting in June of last year. The CBO blames the increase on the economy closing amid the COVID-19 pandemic. And finally, get ready to dance by the TV. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony is coming to HBO November 7th. It was canceled back in May because of the pandemic. This was supposed to be the first time inductions and performances would air live. The special will honor Depeche Mode, the Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Nine Inch Nails, and the Notorious B.I.G. It will all stream on HBO Max. After a pretty soggy start to the work week, we'll start to transition out of that wet pattern and into a hotter, drier one as we get towards the end of the week. Today is kind of the middle ground day, a 30% chance for an isolated shower, maybe a quick thunderstorm as we get further into the afternoon. I think most of us are going to be staying dry, but... If you are going to be out and about, as always, this time of year, not a bad idea to just keep an eye on that radar. Temperatures are going to get up to around 90 degrees in the afternoon. Heat index is going to be running a lot warmer than that. Winds will be from the west-southwest at about 8 to 12 miles an hour. And your overnight lows are going to be dropping down into the upper 70s. We'll see a warming pattern here over the next couple of days. In fact, it should be looking at the mid-90s by the time we get to Saturday. So warming up across Acadiana, going to be drying out as well. It'll still be muggy outside, but shower chances going to be dropping through the rest of the week. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. And right now, 78 degrees here at KPEL. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Right now, traffic. We have a traffic crash with injuries southwest of Angel and Thruway at Johnston Street. That's southwest of Angel and Thruway at John Mew. Uh, I love Thursday mornings because we never know what's going to happen. Rob, good morning. So, I'm Ms. Byrne. If you're hey, talking to me, I can't hear you. I know. I, you I forgot to press the button again. You, know what? you just don't want me to be a part of this. You want Bob Kierker all to yourself. I, I do, I yeah. Know, yeah. I know. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. I wish, I wish everyone was like that. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby boy, Summer Bob, welcome into the show. It's good to talk to you again. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm in um, I'm in Butte, Montana. I'm coming to you live from Butte, Montana this morning. Is it a Butte? Is where you're pretty? It is. <laughs> it is. This is actually one of my favorite towns in the United States and definitely in the American West. I, I love Butte, Montana. The history is just unbelievable, and it's all around you. Um, we're going to talk about it this morning, but it, it, when people get back out and about and they make their way to Yellowstone and Glacier and they're in the region of Butte, Montana, absolutely uh, take take a little bit of time there. I have a friend who um, I I knew from back home in Mandeville, but he ended up living in Lafayette for a long time, and they bought a, a property. And when I say property, I, I think it's like thousands of acres, okay, <laughs> up in Montana. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, there are like daily pictures, and you would think that he was at a different place on earth every single day just because the landscape is just that beautiful. Yeah. They, well, they have a, the, the tourist sticker that everybody drives around with here. Is, it's an outline of the state of Montana, which is a very big state, and it says, get lost in Montana. It's because <laughs> it's so gigantic. It's so geographically um, diverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that. you found the one cell phone tower uh, up there and you jo- chose to use it to talk to <laughs> us of all people. So, Well, um, it's funny you say that because I have started to, to wonder sometimes if there's like one Wi-Fi, you know, <laughs> tower in this state because I frequently do not have it. <laughs> well, you know what? That's the place. See, in all this time, I thought I had to go to the other side of the world to lose cell phone coverage. If I just have to go to Montana, that's much more economical. You know, I, I think oh, that yeah. should be on the bucket list. Um, so, Bob. Definitely, and it's a lot cooler, too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you. Um, so what are we talking about today, Bob? So I'm in Butte, and we're going to talk about one of the uh, the most, for me, striking, most poignant, thoughtful, historic sites that I have ever come across. And every time I come to this location, it it's just it's very emotional because of what happened up here um, in Butte. And and so there's a lot that happened in Butte, Montana. Butte, Montana, in the late 1800s, became the world's largest, most productive, most um, valuable copper mining center. So, uh, you know, you, you think of mining in Montana and the American West, you oftentimes think of silver and gold, but copper also could be extraordinarily expensive, or not expensive, um, lucrative and important. So Butte, Montana became this copper mining center, and people from around the world flocked there to participate in the mining. Um, lots of Irish miners, lots of Cornish miners, literally immigrants from everywhere. Uh, so the history that's around the town is, is extraordinary. Um, but in 1917, there was the Granite Mountain Speculator Mine Disaster. Mm. Um, and it, it's, it's, this, it's this incredible thing because of the landscape that you sit at when you're at this um, at this memorial, and it it is virtually unchanged. So when you sit there and you read the stories of what happened in this speculator mine disaster, and you connect it to the landscape that's still in front of you, it's really a powerful thing. Um, the mine shaft was 2,500 feet long, tall, oh, uh, you know, gosh. deep. Yeah, and they were in the process. The miners were advocating for 
um, increased safety. Uh, and this is right in World War One. So copper mining was at an all-time high. And the mining company was actually responding, and they were trying to electrify some of the operations deep within the mine. Well, the giant electric cable that they were sending down there broke. It was insulated with, and it's hard to believe this, but it was insulated with oil-soaked rags. Oh, oh no. I mean, right. come on. Right. So it breaks, it's hanging, it catches fire, and the entire mine essentially becomes a gigantic ignited chimney. Oh. And so, I mean, it, it, again, it's, it's terrible, terrible. But when history can actually bring a tear to your eye standing there, that's when it's, you, you know, at its most yes. powerful. And that's what happens because it's not just terrible that you, you know, you reflect on and know what happened there. But the panels that they have at this site provide the letters that the miners who were losing oxygen in the mine were writing to their loved ones because it happened for them over a course of four days. Wow. Uh, they didn't die in fires. They died by asphyxiation as the oxygen was slowly pulled out and they knew what was happening. They came to know what was happening. And so they were writing letters, not letters, I guess, but notes, notes. Uh, to their loved ones. And they're so, they're so at peace and they're so at, at, at accepting what's going on and they're trying to make amends. And all of these letters are part of this, uh, this extraordinary memorial that's still there to the Granite Mountain speculator mine disaster. It, it's the, the, the most, uh, greatest loss of life in any hard rock mining uh, disaster still to this day in the United States. Because well, that's what you normally think. You normally think of coal or, you know, and some people even consider, you know, oil and gas industry as your mine. I mean, you're still extracting right. something from the earth. An you extractive know? industry, exactly. And, and it's something that can explode, you know, and uh, wow. Well, yeah. You know, it, it is it is so crazy because so much of that landscape, you're right, is is still untouched, you know. And so I'm sure there's a lot you could see in, and so much history to see it, too. That's right. There is. It is. I mean, it, in some ways, there's so much that's untouched and, and beautiful, and that pulls out emotions in you. And then there's a lot, so much that's historic that's, that is touched by history, but the history is sort of untouched still to this day and it, it's palpable oh yeah. gosh i would imagine so my wow. goodness so it's just it's great being here i really you know i think butte montana is this spectacular amazing historic site is beautiful and i really want to encourage people when they're in this part of the world to take the time um to go and check it out and yeah. make their way ask around to the speculator mine disaster memorial it is not obvious and you actually have to find it ah, okay. um, but yeah. once you get there it's it's really thought-provoking and if it's not there's something wrong with you yeah no seriously right and i mean it does and that's the interesting thing about history is that you know you have all of these stories that perhaps you never maybe even heard of mm. right that exactly exactly and uh, and the, and when you, that's part of the reason why I love to travel and do history. I, I don't think that I'm an oppressive history travel guy. You could ask my mm. kids, but they, they're getting, they get into it too. But I definitely, it, it enriches one's travels. It definitely enriches one's perspective on the world that they live in. Wow. Loving it.
Wow. Well, Bob, yeah. any chances you're going to cross over the state border up into Spokane, or uh, you still have the authorities out for you there? <laughs> so, yeah, they've asked me not to come back. I think it's 2025. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, I'm totally joking. I've actually been back to Spokane. I have visited my parents. Um, it's all good. So and they at, still like uh, you. Starting to, well, <laughs> my father does. My mother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, it, this is a question. Someone just now ended. Uh, just wrote in. Jake just now said, "Ask Bob if we just want to go up there for a quick long weekend. and We don't have time to drive. What is the closest airport to fly into to see the most you can see in Montana?" Uh, either Bozeman or Missoula. Mm. Okay, so put that yeah. on your list. Uh, Everyone, yes. And, and we appreciate we that. We love uh, you, Bob. Hey, uh, by the way, I hear that there's something yeah. not too far away from you, uh, the, the Dumas brothel. Um, so maybe <laughs> might be something else you need to figure out. Hilarious. I'm not sure how you just pulled that out of your hat. Um, we drove by the Dumas brothel. I have had some some sort of uncomfortable experiences at the Dumas brothel. Oh, well. Um, well, <laughs> it's, we it's long about- since shut. Bernie, please. I'm just checking. This is a family-friendly show. Yes. It's long since shut down. Ah, okay. okay. I was but, just asking. <laughs> but it's it's supposedly it's supposedly haunted, and so actually, oh. just yesterday, and the, the Dumas brothel is in in Butte. It, it is shut down, obviously, long since. But it's been set up as a museum. As we drove into Butte, my daughter said she wanted to go to the Dumas brothel because she follows this uh, ghost adventurer show. Oh. Her friend Olivia got her involved in the ghost adventures. And apparently the Dumas brothel is one of the features on this show. So she wanted to go there. Mm-hmm. And that sparked a conversation about, so do you know what a brothel is? And <laughs> she did know what a brothel was. She did know that prostitutes did their work at the brothel. And do you know what a prostitute is? And she did know what a prostitute was. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, you know, you travel with your kids and you, you're in the car with them and you actually learn things. About it's them. Good, well, and they are, they're learning things, apparently. <laughs> All right, Bob. We love let you. you go. Thanks, Bob. Enjoy your time up there soaking that big sky. Have a good one. He's so funny. All right. But that's it. That's why you take your kids on a road trip so you can find out all about them. All sorts of new things. Yes. All right. It's uh, 652 <laughs> now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. Coming up on the show, Lafayette Live with Mayor President Josh Guillory. That's just Ooh, ahead. Lots of hot uh, topics. Your questions and your calls. So we will open up the phone lines for that. Uh, you can also email in your questions, yes. news at kpel965.com, and we will ask them for mm-hmm. you. Indeed. It's 6.53 now at News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Back with more after this. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Depend on it. The Rush Morning Update is brought to you by Luxury Limo of Lafayette. Book your next traveling party at LuxuryLimoOfLafayette.net. Hey, look at this headline at TheHill.com. Trump renews culture war, putting GOP on edge. The article's premise is that President Trump has gone overboard by calling out Black Lives Matter, NASCAR, and the NFL, and by threatening to veto a politically correct defense bill that changes the name of military bases. And the president really went over the top at Mount Rushmore, supposedly, when he slammed cultural revolutions, angry mobs of leftists who were vandalizing monuments and tearing down statues. According to The Hill, President Trump's focus on these issues is putting Republicans in a tight spot. They wish he'd just shut up about the culture and devote his energy to criticizing Joe Bite Me. 
Well, let's deal with this head on. President Trump hasn't renewed the culture wars like every other American who pays attention. He sees what the left is doing to this country, the violence, the destruction, the out of control lawlessness. What he's doing is taking the fight right back to them. President Trump is not cowering in a corner with his tail between his legs or timidly running away. That's the M.O. of these scared Republicans who are supposedly on edge. This is what pushback looks like, folks. And it isn't for the faint of heart, which is why on-edge Republicans don't get it. T-Mobile, 37 bucks a month. Verizon Wireless, $83 a month. Sprint, $92 a month. That's what the average family of four is saving a month on their cell phone service by switching to Pure Talk USA. You look at a cut costs, free up cash on a monthly basis, we'll start today with Pure Talk USA. Pure Talk covers 99% of America. Their call center's all based right here in America, and the CEO is a U.S. veteran. All plans include unlimited talk and text. Start at just $20. Just choose the amount of data you need. Switch to Pure Talk today. Save 50% off your first month. Here's what you do. You dial pound 250 and then say the keyword Pure Talk. That's pound 250. Keyword Pure Talk. Pure Talk USA. Simply smarter wireless. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dialed text from Pure Talk USA. The news you want to know. Attorney General. He lied to Congress. Chicken bar should have shown up today. You slandered this man. Circus political stunt. KPEL FM. Brobridge Lafayette. A new coronavirus record. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. More than 60,000 cases reported in the U.S. yesterday. Texas set new highs in deaths and hospitalizations. It's all worrying a White House task force doctor. Fox's Tanya J. Powers has that live. Dave, Dr. Anthony Fauci has some straight talk for states where COVID-19 cases are surging. He says if you don't admit there's a problem, you can't correct it. If you do those simple public health measures, guarantee you're going to see that curve come down. That audio courtesy of the journal from the WSJ podcasts. Dr. Fauci told Congress last week if the country doesn't get that surge in infections under control, there could be 100,000 a day. The number of U.S. deaths from COVID-19 surpassed 132,000 yesterday. Dave. Tanya, House Democrats will hold two hearings today. One will probe the intelligence the White House says was not verified or shown to President Trump that Russia tried to pay the Taliban to kill U.S. troops in Afghanistan. Some reports say it was in briefings. Democrats are demanding more answers. At the other hearing, the Defense Secretary and the military's top general will testify. House Armed Services Committee Chairman Democrat Adam Smith has expressed concern about the use of military force to respond to protests around Washington, D.C. in the aftermath of the killing of George Floyd in police custody. Fox's Jared Halpern, the Supreme Court will rule this morning on President Trump's attempt to block House Democrats and a New York prosecutor to get his financial records. Actress Naya Rivera from the TV show Glee is missing and presumed dead and drowned in California. After she and her four-year-old son went swimming from a rented pontoon boat on Lake Piru. Passersby found the boy asleep on the pontoon boat and alerted rangers. Rivera's son, who was wearing a life vest, says his mother never returned to the boat. And that's Fox's Carmen Roberts in Minnesota. A tornado ripped through the Dalton area, damaging homes and farms. One person was killed, several more injured. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently. 
and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Oklahoma is one of the states seeing a record coronavirus spike, and some are pointing a finger at the Trump campaign. Tulsa City County Health Department Director Dr. Bruce Dart says the timeline of the uptick in cases is a concern. The past two days, we've had um, almost 500 cases, so, and we knew we had, we had several large events um, over, a little over two weeks ago, which is about right. So I guess we just connected that. One of those events was President Trump's rally on June 20th, which drew thousands of supporters and protesters alike. Trump campaign spokesman Tim Murtaugh fired back, saying there were no health precautions when thousands rioted and looted during protests and noted the campaign went to great lengths to keep attendees safe at the rally. Rob Dawson, Fox News. Texas killed a killer last night. Billy Joe Wardlow shot and killed a man in 1993 for his truck. Last night he was lethally injected for it. Wardlow did not have any last words, but he nodded and smiled at friends and his fiance in the witness room right before a fatal dose of pentobarbital started. In a final unsuccessful appeal, Wardlow had asked the U.S. Supreme Court to stop his execution because he was under 21 when he murdered. But his legacy may come in the next term of the Texas state legislature, where nearly 60 lawmakers say they will back a bill to prevent executing anyone whose capital crime was committed before they turned 21. Jack Callahan, Fox News. Have you bought stuff with cash much lately? Many of us haven't, so there's a coin shortage. According to many bank managers across the country, they're running low on quarters, nickels, dimes, and even pennies because they say that the Federal Reserve Bank was shut down for months because of the pandemic. Turns out the U.S. Mint produced far less coins this spring because they wanted to prevent the spread of the infection. They were protecting their employees. Oh, that's Malani Basu with Boston 25 TV. On Wall Street... Futures are down ahead of today's trading. I'm Dave Anthony. This is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good Thursday morning. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick with this update. The state of Louisiana is now ranked number five in the world for the number of COVID-19 cases per million people. Louisiana is listed as having roughly 2,000 cases per 1 million residents. There have been 70,151 confirmed cases of coronavirus in Louisiana. Just over 10% of all tests yesterday were positive. That's a benchmark the federal government uses to track problem areas. 
95% of the cases reported to the state were community spread. Now let's turn to those numbers of hospitalizations. 1,022 patients in the hospital, that number down by three since yesterday. Governor Edwards says the state is headed in the wrong direction in its battle to stop the spread of COVID-19, but he's not contemplating a statewide mask mandate. Edwards says you should wear a mask when interacting with others outside of your home. Everything that, that we in this country and around the world have learned about the disease and the way that it spread uh, indicate that mask usage is incredibly important. The state health department reports over 70,000 coronavirus cases since the pandemic started. 1,000 COVID patients are hospitalized. The governor says over the last eight days, Louisiana has tested over 100,000 people, but that's also created a backlog in people getting their tests back. Assistant Health Secretary Dr. Alex Biu says if you're waiting on your results and you were exposed to someone who has COVID-19, you need to stay home for 14 days. You need to, to take whatever measures you can to isolate yourself in your home from other household members to reduce the likelihood that you would transfer uh, COVID to them uh, and certainly not going out. Concern is growing that statewide coronavirus pandemic numbers may result in fall high school sports being canceled. The governor says it's just too early to say. And I think we all have some concern that, that the situation may be such. That's a prudent decision. Uh, but I don't think we're at that point in time where that decision needs to be made. And I think we need to, to know a little bit more. The LHSAA released a statement late Wednesday afternoon that said they are fully committed to the safe return of high school sports coming in the fall. A recent poll shows post-pandemic snacking is on the rise for Americans, and that's leading to people packing on the pounds. Matt Doyle has more for what it means in our state. Two-thirds of respondents to a recent one-poll survey say they put on some weight since March, with snacking and diet-breaking being the biggest reasons why. LSU Health New Orleans Professor of Public Health Melinda Southern says that's pretty typical when people's routines get disrupted, but now is a bad time to be gaining weight. Obesity is associated with worst outcomes if you do get COVID-19. She says to cut down on snacking, just don't keep them around the house and get some sleep. When your sleep is disrupted, not only do you eat more, but you also have an increase in stress and an increase in inflammation. I'm Matt Doyle. We've got kind of a mini heat wave going on across Acadiana. It's going to be one of the hotter stretches we've seen so far this summer. Temperatures will eventually warm their way into the mid-90s as we get into Saturday. The number to watch, though, is going to be the heat index, which is going to push anywhere from 100 to 105 over the next several days. For today, it's mostly sunny with a high in the low 90s. Again, that heat index pushing well into the triple digits will likely be there by about lunchtime. We'll have winds from the west-southwest at about 8 to 12 miles an hour. Rain chances set at about 10% for today and maybe up to 20% by the end of the weekend. It is actually staying fairly dry here over the next several days. Overnight lows will continue to be in the upper 70s. We're going to get a lot of sunshine all the way through into next week. Looks like this pattern is going to hold through most of next week as well. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPAL. Right now, 78 degrees. Weather brought to you by the Positive Coaching Alliance. Do you have questions about youth or high school sports? The Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit organization, develops better athletes and better people through youth and high school sports. Find out more at positivecoach.org. News Talk 96.5. K.
KPL right now traffic. Right, double checking your traffic at this hour. We've got a few hot spots. Ambassador Caffrey at Johnston Street, a fender bender. That's Ambassador at Johnston, where we do have a fender bender. There is a traffic crash with injuries southwest of Angeline Thruway at Johnston. That's southwest of Angeline Thruway at Johnston. We've got a fender bender in Broussard. It's on West Main Street between South Bernard and Springwater Drive. Again, that's West Main Street in Broussard between South Bernard and Springwater Drive. So make sure that you're buckling up and that you're keeping it safe out there today, please. Our traffic update brought to you by Matthew James Financial Company. Wealth management and retirement planning is just a phone call away. 366 8366-366-8366. Get the best sleep of your life. Helix makes personalized mattresses to fit your unique body type and sleep preferences. Go to helixsleep.com and get up to $200 off mattress. It's open enrollment season and MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that saves most families about $500 a month. Google MediShare and see if it's a fit for you. Kitty and his morning news and Rob and I now transfer and put on our hats for our Lafayette mayor president, Josh Guillory, who joins us this morning. Hey, sir. Good morning. Good morning, Byrne. Good morning, Rob. Always good great morning. to be with you guys. I much prefer to be in the studio, but I totally understand the precautions taken. So, so remotely, I say hello. <laughs> good <laughs> well, morning. Good. And um, just to say, you know, the phone lines are intact and this show is all about you your questions, your comments at 232-1542. We want to thank our friends at Southside Roofing for making Lafayette Live possible. Let's start with those uh, one of those phone calls off the top here, Byrne. Uh, okay. Bill is on the phone, and Bill has uh, a question. Good morning to you. You're on with Mayor President Josh Guillory. Yes, sir. How's everything going this morning? 
Good. Thank you, Bill, for calling in. Okay. Uh, I just have a question. Um, I'm not sure if you remember or not, but we met uh, on June the 3rd uh, in your office, and we talked about a bunch of suggestions and things like that. And I mentioned to you at the time that uh, I had sent some um, emails in, and they had never been answered. And so you explained to me how it worked, and you said you'd get them answered. And then on June the 24th, I went to the uh, town hall meeting uh, with you and Mr. Angel, and I told you at that time that none of my emails had ever been answered, and uh, I actually sent some to Mr. Angel also, and he never answered them either. So I know how the system works, but I guess relative to me, it's not working. So my question is, uh, when can I get my emails answered? All right. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Bill. Uh, look, Bill's a good guy. I appreciate you calling in. And uh, so, Bill, I, I I did see the questions, and, and you said a lot, and I appreciate that. And and you did come into my office, and we talked about it. And the two issues, the there was really two two departments that your questions that I recall from our meeting uh, referred to. I think Parks and Recs was one, and traffic groups and roads and bridges. And it's my understanding that the uh, I, I you know we we linked you up with the directors themselves. I believe the directors directly and spoke to you and, um which is good because i think you had some good ideas and and i encourage hey that's why we have do that's why we do last hit lives why we have town halls and no one person has all the answers there may be a good idea out there in lafayette that and i didn't think of or someone else didn't think of mm -hmm. in the administration so i appreciate bill's bill's persistence um I, and as far as the emails i understand they got answered but hey i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna err on the side of caution so I'm making my little notes right now. I know you don't see me, but I'm going to link up with our community team to make sure that we do all that we can to answer your questions. But uh, I do know they were lengthy, so why don't we answer them correctly? So I appreciate it, Bill. Thank you for calling in. All right, and of your calls uh, answered as well, 232-1542 if you have one. Uh, let's move on to coronavirus. Mm. Obviously, we are seeing an uptick in cases. Um, and there was another story out yesterday uh, in The Advocate about maybe a little bit of separation between um, you and the medical team on masks. So where are we on masks? What's the suggestion? What are we gonna do in Lafayette Parish? Yeah, you know, I saw the headline, someone gave it to me and I was pointing our local media on that. And, and, and I, I say that not um, like that. Unlike the national guys, I really do believe for the most part, our local media outlets have, have stuck to the facts and, and that's what it should be. You know. Our local media is different than the national media. And I try to find that. You don't feel commercial uh, 24 hours a day, 24 hours, 24 two cycles. You can you can afford to take your time and get the facts out there at five o'clock, six o'clock, ten o'clock, or in your respective news newspapers. And I, and I think you have a I think you have a duty to do that. So there's no rift between the medical task force. Surely not the task force director. I mean, I speak yeah. to these guys at minimum once a week. Um, I, I I try to get as many questions that I get during the week. Um, and I know sometimes our, our task force, and I, I'm telling you, I've gotten pushback. Like, why are you asking us that? I'm like, hey, I'm asking because I'm getting asked, and I don't know the mm -hmm. answer. So, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's from ventilators to PPE to capacity. Uh, and then I always end, is there anything we didn't cover? Are there any recommendations from the task force that I haven't haven't addressed? And, you know, I, I think one outlet, and, and, I'm sorry, and you, you, you said the, the entity, but I, I don't recall who it was. I just, someone showed it to me. I did um, talk about the advocate yesterday during my show because one of the interesting quotes that you did make during that is, you know, Dr. Tina Stefanski is on your team and, 
you you do <laughs> listen to her recommendations, and this is not the first time that a group has called Dr. Stefanski and called you. You know, the thing is, though, even the governor is saying he is not going to mandate masks. And I know that there are people that do hope that that happens. But the problem, don't so discontent within the members of the team. I think that's a mistake for our community. I can't. I couldn't have said it better. Uh, matter of fact, you summarized my thoughts better than what I just what I just relayed to the public. But it's it's um it's true. You know, look, we all got to be in this together. And I feel like the most important duty that we have as local leaders, and I, I include you guys. You know, you talk to the community every day that you go to work. Same thing with our other media outlets. And it's look, we're different. We're Lafayette. You know, we we don't see the chaos that that other cities across the country see on a, on a variety of issues. Uh, coronavirus, when we when we fight this invisible enemy, it, it shouldn't be any different. Let's stick to the facts. Undisputed statements. Don't needlessly scare the public, but at the same time, don't needlessly create complacency. There is a balance there. Yeah, there is a balance. And look, I want to say, I want to say this because I have said it over and over and over, and I want to say it again. I wear a mask. When I go out in public, I wear a mask. Um, I was shopping. I wore a mask. I went to run an errand yesterday. I wore my mask. I hope for my own family's sake, because I'm the person that runs the errands for the most part in my family. I I hope that people do wear their masks. I hope everybody will wear, wear a mask. And I know it's a hot topic for some people. But does it really kill people to put a mask on? I don't think so. I mean, put the mask on. It's one, one level of protection. We've talked to Dr. Tina Stefanski. We have talked to other experts. Put the mask on, people. It's not that big of a deal. And I think that's where I think that's where kind of the difference of opinion comes from. Because she was quoted in the story as well as saying the masks would help our situation. Absolutely. So it just comes down. The question comes down to the mandate, and the governor has said he's not doing a mandate. And if the governor is not going to do a mandate, and you know what? What's going to be? What's going to happen, Josh? If we Mayor President, if we do a mandate, I mean, and if somebody's not wearing a mask in public, would they get a ticket? Would they get arrested? Are there are there <laughs> mechanisms in place? I mean, what what good would it do? I think you're hitting the nail on the head, and it really comes down to enforcement. And the governor mandated a lot. He has 64 parishes, and he outranks me. And he outranks every other parish president, every other mayor in the state. And he, he definitely could. He could do it by region. He could do it by parish. He could declare emergencies as he sees fits within the confines of the law, which are very broad, by the way, during emergencies. Yeah. So, um, I, it, it's really from a practice standpoint and enforcement standpoint, but it also goes back to what we've been saying from the beginning. And, and I know sometimes, I, I want to say it very directly, just so I don't get misquoted. The best line is you and me. I trust the people. You got some people going to do it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, this has been become a this has become a political issue, and it should not be. And Bernie, you, you said it correctly, you know. And I mean, at minimum, and if, if you are apprehensive to work situation i get it it's uncomfortable and i and i completely understand that but if you're going to like the grocery store i think we can start off with like bare responsibility if you're going to the grocery store i think that's important if you're if you know you're going to be in crowds and you can't social distance hundreds of people uh when i should be one of 200 in the public but it's 
it, you know, wear, wear your mask. It's okay. You know, if you, if you can socially distance inside your home, inside meetings and things mm-hmm. like that, people are taking a lot of precautions to wipe down things. I know we are at LCG in our meetings. We spread out our chairs during meetings and wipe down things and all that stuff. It's just these, these little steps that go a long way. But that's, so, that's, the mandate should be a self-mandate. We should all want to help each other. Off the topic of masks, just just looking at the cases and hospitalizations and ventilator usage, I mean, there are so many different metrics, you know, and, and whenever you look at this, obviously we know we are doing more and more tests um, every day. What are you looking at? Is there is there some metric that you're like, you know what, if we get back to this point, we have to change something. And I don't know what that change would be. If I don't, I mean, the governor hasn't even said anything about going back to phase one. But, you know, is there a point that we get on on one of the metrics to say, okay, we need to scale back this? We've seen some cities um, in Florida that have closed the bars again. We have seen, um, I think, the Houston area, which has done a stay at home in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what sort of data do you need to see? for us to get to that point? Because I think a lot of people are just so nervous, but you know what? We're all not scientists. It, you know, well, looking at the wrong data, that's what's so hard, Mayor and, President. Yeah. No, no. So there's a couple Oh, boy. Okay. okay. Our let's connection uh, our, oh, yeah, our connection's that, yeah. a little rough. If we can just take a break, um, we're gonna we'll we're have gonna him take a break. hang up and call yep, back. We're gonna and have him hang up, and I'm gonna call back, and then we'll get a better connection, um, and hopefully it'll it'll clear that up. So, and we'll so pick up the question there. So pause yep. on your on, on your on answer. answer. <laughs> what sort of metrics are, are the worst case scenario? We're gonna right. talk to Mayor okay. President Josh Guillory more when we come back with Lafayette Live Technology Guys. We're back after Gotta this. I love it. Phone lines are open. Call the show at 232-1542 and listen live anytime with the free KPL News app, free in the App Store or Google Play. Lafayette Live is brought to you by Southside Roofing at 337 Roofing, serving the Acadiana area for 20 years. Call Southside Roofing today at 337 Roofing for all your roofing needs. We're back on Acadiana's Morning News and back to Lafayette Live. And, Rob, so you were asking, like, where's the threshold, kind of? Yeah, so basically, you know, we see all these different numbers. We see this raw data. We see cases. We see ages. We see hospitalizations. But we see it all. At what point in in our specific area do we start to look at at maybe some problem spots and start to scale back. I know it's not what people want to hear, not what people want to talk about it, but we have to ask because it's happening in other places not too far away. So, Rob, I love Stevie Ray Vaughan, and I heard the almost the entire song, but I only heard like the last two words of question. <laughs> so, so, you know, people don't want to talk about going, going in reverse, but at, oh, at okay. what point do we start to look at problem spots or, you know, to realize we have to make some changes to, to kind of quell the quell the spread. Yeah, lot, lots of things, lots of topics, lot, or excuse me, a lot of factors that go into that that decision. What what I look at the most is hospital capacity, positivity rate, and and status of um, ventilators. You know, I look at those a lot, and we, we go over that a lot in the um, I mean a tremendous amount in the medical task force. We go to each hospital, they break down their systems. Uh, LHCs on the call, you know, the long-term acute care. We want that's important too for COVID, non-COVID patients, and how that how that formulates in the in the equation. And then we also have. 
some primary care physicians on the phone and, and emergency room uh, uh, physicians that, that'll chime in as well. So very, very diverse perspective in, in regards to, to where, where what's the healthcare uh, situation look like, how's our response look like from a very diversified front from our local healthcare stakeholders. But we are testing more, and I'm, and I'm not, what I'm about to say, don't take it, I don't want any of our listeners to take this as, or to get complacent or anything like that, but with more tests, we'll come more positive cases. That that doesn't justify, that answer alone, I would argue, doesn't justify the spike in, in, in cases. We do have, we do have some, some community spread. Uh, Dr. Spancy has said that uh, on several times, several occasions. We've talked about it at length, one-on-one uh, -on -one in our, in our task force conference calls and things like that. But if, you, you know, being positive, Having being positive for COVID, but not using a ventilator and not using uh, using a hospital capacity, that doesn't hurt your neighbor. You just go quarantine, treat your symptoms with your with your local healthcare provider, and you move on. Now, as we I saw a graph last night, as we as our cases increase, our our ventilator capacity while the, while it's increasing, it's not increasing at the same rate. So, and, and I think we may even had more more people on ventilators in the past than we do now. So if, if I recall my, my notes from, my, um, from earlier this week's call and looking at the updated data from yesterday. So it's, it's, it's still a concern. This, this, what I just said should not cause any complacency. It shouldn't, it shouldn't cause anybody listening or, or replaying this to not wash your hands frequently, to not uh, social distance when you, when, you, you know, when you go out in public, to not uh, change how you do meetings and, and things like that, to spread out you know, that, that, that recommended space and uh, six feet and wipe down every Thing and increase sanitization. Go grocery shopping. I try to use practical, practical examples instead of just saying, "Hey, when you're out in public," because that's a very broad, broad uh, topic. If you're jogging out in public and you know you're with your your spouse or yourself, I don't think I don't think it's advisable to wear a mask when you're when you're doing cardio like that by yourself, isolated, not around anybody. But you know, practical practical examples: going to the grocery store, going out into these big box stores and things like that. And, and also back on the mandate, we do see the private sector mandating masks in certain establishments. Um, Fresh Market, for example, just for whatever reason comes to mind on grocery stores, they, uh, for a while, they were mandating masks for their patrons. I think they may have lacked that policy, but I, I, I mentioned that because business owners are going to take, they should take measures in their, in, into their own hands to, to protect their patrons. Now, two, two notes on that. We still have our safe shop policies that, that are good guidelines to help help everybody. And we'll we'll put those back out uh, tonight or excuse me this afternoon to just to remind all our, our local businesses. Um, and you know that I, I saw the director of Lita last night, Greg Gotro, did a great job on um, on explaining the the sticker how you can decal once you're in compliance with safe shop, put it on your put it on your window, and that may go a long way to making sure our employers employees feel safe and the patrons that visit those establishments feel safe and I, I think that goes a long way the second second note of reference is we have increased our compliance checks our fire department our police department mm -hmm. um, it, it's it's we're going there look we got to make sure our business are in compliance with the state's uh, executive orders phase phase two uh, our local orders and 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 we're, we're going in there to make sure they're successful we want to set up our businesses for success not for failure but uh, I've, I've gotten some reports where businesses, restaurants have their their employees haven't been wearing masks, and you know that's not the responsible thing to do for our community right now. You don't need the government to tell you that. No, and, this is coming from the medical experts. Yeah, I will say this too. I think even in the last month to six weeks, the percentage of people who are wearing masks out of places, I think, is been an enormous change. I think early on, um, I remember even before I, I went back into the studio, I mean, I, I was 50-50 at a lot of places seeing people wearing and not. And now 
I find, at least the places that I go, um, the majority of people are wearing them, and they understand. You you know, you get out of your car, you walk to where you're going, and you put it on before you're around people. You know, I think mm-hmm. there was yeah. this misconception, like like you know, even kind of like you you mentioned, like I'm not going to wear a mask when I walk around my neighborhood. Well, no one ever told you you had to. Right. right you know, this sure. has to do with coming. <laughs> and, and you know what? It's common sense. Someone called into Moon Show a couple of days ago and just said, you know, I'm a medical professional. It's just little common sense things. Your mama taught you when you were three years old to cover your mouth when you cough. All this mm-hmm. is is a permanent cover on your cough, you know. And and now and and now don't pull your mask off when you have to cough because that's the whole point of the mask, ma'am. You know, like I mean, or sneeze. You know, I, I literally I saw someone in a, they were in a parking lot, luckily, and they took the mask off to sneeze and put the mask back on. I said, well, wait a second, you, we we are going in the wrong direction. Anyway, I want to take a break for time here because I want to move on to some other topics. We okay. didn't get to talk to you last week, so there are some more uh, topics we have, and of course, more phone calls at two three two. One five four two. Uh, Burn, you got something? Well, no, I was just going to ask about the enforcement side of it. it. So this morning, the governor did say uh, in a newscast from the press conference yesterday, he wasn't going to mandate the masks statewide. But if he were to change his mind, is there actually something? Is there a fine that could happen? I mean, I, I'm, I am just curious about that side of it because people have asked me, like, is there, would they give you a fine if you don't do it or, I mean. Yes. So, okay. so usually, usually what happens is, uh, well, just to answer your question directly, it comes with a fine of up to $500 okay. and uh, jail time up to, I believe, six months. So it's, it's, it's a pretty, now those are max, max penalties and that's, that's, but that's still pretty serious. Uh, I know our policy here in Lafayette, we try to, we tr- our compliance checks, we try to go in there and make sure the businesses are successful. So, but we keep a log of all this. You know, our fire chief, our police chief court communicate on a, on a daily basis, probably more than, than one time a day. Uh, I know they have the last few weeks. And it's to make sure that when we go in there the first time, when our compliance check team's going there the first time and you, you haven't been warned or anything like that, we're going to make sure you have the resources. We'll partner with Legion to get masks for the, for the employees go over the safe shop guidelines, go over the, the, the rules, go over the updated executive orders from the governors, things like that. Because the state fire marshal is also enforcing this, too. And, and I'm just telling you guys, from a practical standpoint, you don't want our fire chief to get in trouble with our state fire marshal. So, you know, we want to all be on the same team. So, But he has discretion. They usually issue a warning. And But if you've been it, and I'm telling all the businesses out there, if you got issued a warning already and our, our compliance checks uh, teams have to go back, there's going to be enforcement measure. It'll, uh, at minimum, be a citation. Okay. I was just curious. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Didn't know. All right. Uh, it is 737 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL Lafayette Live brought to you by Southside Roofing, a cool little tradition started by the one, the only Bernadette Lee with Joey Durrell. We are happy that Mayor President Josh Guillory continues that and will continue after a quick break. Our number is 232-1542. Get your question or comment in now. We're going to talk about the statue next. Here for you in times of uncertainty. Tracking coronavirus, I'm Rob Kirkpatrick on this Town Square Media Station. Team you can rely on even on the darkest days. I'm Bernadette Lee with your news and information update. We're working for you on air, behind the scenes every single day. We're following a potential hazmat situation on I-10 this morning. As you get out and hit the road, Bernie's got the information you need to know. Your radio home for news and information for more than 60 years. You know, it's everything I need in the morning. News Talk 96.5. KPL. Lafayette Live is brought to you by Southside Roofing at 337 Roofing, serving the Acadiana area for 20 years. 
Call Southside Roofing today at 337 Roofing for all your roofing needs. Yeah. Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana today with your highs getting into the lower 90s. Heat index, though, is going to sit anywhere from 100 to 105, and it will be even hotter as we head into the weekend. A 10% chance for a quick passing shower with your winds from the west-southwest at 8 to 12 miles an hour. Overnight lows in the upper 7s. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. And right now, 78 degrees here at the KPL Studios. Our weather update being brought to you by Compassion International. Join Compassion and give hope to a family in extreme poverty. Give a $40 one-time gift. Text the word HOPE to 833-93. That's the word HOPE to 833-93. Lafayette Live is brought to you by Southside Roofing at 337 Roofing. Serving the Acadiana area for 20 years. Call Southside Roofing today at 337 Roofing for all your roofing needs. News Talk 96.5, KPL. Right now, traffic. We have a fender bender reported I 10 eastbound at mile marker 105. That's at Louisiana Avenue. Again, I 10 eastbound, mile marker 105 at Louisiana Avenue. Stalled vehicle reported in Scott. Old Spanish Trail at Westgate Road. Again, that's a stalled vehicle in Scott. Old Spanish Trail at Westgate Road. All right, here we go. Rob, it's our lovely show on Thursdays where we get to have Lafayette Mayor President Josh Mm -hmm. Guillory join us on the line. So your question, Rob, was about like what the threshold is or what's your thoughts on well, all we, of that? Well, we got that, that. We got that covered. So I wanted to go move to statue on. Now? I wanted to move on because we didn't get to talk about the Mouton statue because we didn't talk to you last week. It was a weird holiday week. So uh, there's been a ton of uh, attention, a ton of comment on this, both for and against the decision. Um, where are you now? What have you heard? And any movement on what's going to happen and where it will go, or, or even ideally, where would you like it to go, even to be stored or to put in a museum somewhere um, if it comes down? Well, the, the status right now, it is still up. We're waiting for a court date August 17th. But, you know, I, I pledged when I ran for this office, when I took this office and had evidence by us coming on the radio once a week and trying to make myself as accessible as I can to the public to be transparent and to never let the public guess where I stand on an issue. I, I just to me, that drives me crazy when our leaders across the country, state or anywhere or locally, you know, just lay your cards out there. Tell people how you feel. Be honest. Don't don't sugarcoat it. Uh, and you know, just be transparent. But it, to me, in regards to the statue, because this is part of our history, we should own it, we should learn from it, we should heal from it, heal from the situation together. But to me, it's two things. It's one, it's protecting the statue. It's a 98-year-old fragile marble statue. And then the second thing is, it's asking the judge to do what I genu- genuinely feel is best for our community. This is on public property. And as we saw with Drag Queen Storytime, public property, public time on public dime, does create certain sensitivities that do not exist on private property. Now, 
as I'm talking to people, as you can imagine, had a lot of conversations the last week, and, and I invite those conversations. You know, this is this is good. This is healthy. This is maybe refreshing some folks to to be able to talk to to the elected official, to be able to talk about controversial issues, and that's okay. When we really get down to the root of it, though, it's not re- what I find respectfully is it's not about the statute. It's about a concern, several concerns. One concern is we're erasing history. And I just want to say, I, I'm a serious student of history. I think everybody should be. But I want us to accurately remember the history of our community and those who founded it. My concern is whether we, we are featuring actually the wrong Mouton, if you think about it. I think it might make more sense if we were honoring Alfred's grandfather and General Mouton is Alfred, Alfred Mouton. And his grandfather is Jean Mouton. Do you know there's not a single statue in the city of Lafayette and Jean founded it? I mean, just another little bit of history. Jean, Jean Mouton came here from Acadie around 1765. He actually fought in the American Revolution for the, for the United States. He donated the land for the cathedral. He donated the land for the courthouse. He's known as the founder of Vermilionville that later became Lafayette. Why don't we have a statue of him? I mean, heck, even, even Alexander Mouton, which is Alfred's father. Alexander was a United States senator and the first Democrat governor of Louisiana. Alfred, General Mouton, was one of 11 children. He wasn't born in Lafayette. He was born in Opelousas. Is he the best? Is General Mouton the best representative of the Mouton family's contributions to our history? And, and also, I'm not looking to destroy the statue. You know, we're different than other areas in this country. I don't want to destroy the statue. I want to protect it from defacement. I want to protect it from damage or destruction. And I want to find the most appropriate place for it, such as his father's house, right down the street, the Mouton house. You know, there's a significant difference. You know, but, but history is important. You know, 1821, Lafayette founded, uh, is, is founded, or Vermilionville is founded. 1864, General Mouton is killed in, in battle, in, in uh, the Battle of Mansfield. 1922, 60 years after Alfred Mouton passed away, this statue is erected, not to honor his, his valor in battle, but to intimidate an entire class of people. These statues are known as Jim Crow statues in the height of, of, of suppression to a whole class of people. And But I'm going to tell you, this is, it shouldn't be politics. It's not, no politics should be in this decision. This is not a Democrat or Republican issue or conservative or liberal issue. It's a local issue. But I will tender this to everyone. If it is a, a political issue, put that on the Democratic Party, not the Republican Party. It was the Democrat Party that, ended, that that was a supporter of slavery. It was the Republican Party, my fellow Republicans, who some are upset about this decision, but it was our party that initiated the 13th Amendment, that, in, that freed the slaves, that initiated the 14th Amendment that guaranteed equal protection of the laws to every citizen across our country, that provided due process to every citizen across our, our, our country. It was the Republicans. It was the Republicans that said, you know, that's not enough either. Voter rights should be should be protected too. We enacted the 15th Amendment. Fast forward right around when the statue was put up, 1922, two years early, 100 years ago. It was the Republicans that pushed for women's suffrage, further equality measures. It was the Democrats that put it, that fought that. So for all my fellow Republicans that are kind of scratching their head on that, don't let Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer sit there in Washington and laugh and allow the Democrats to call us Republicans racist. There's a Democrat party that put up these Jim Crow statues, and I don't think we should put that on public property. Put it in private property, and then maybe you can honor Alfred Mouton's uh, valor in, in, in battle. 
maybe then we can actually uh, 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 give the intent that many people think the intent applies to the statue of. And, and just one other thing, though, guys, I want to just highlight, we are different than the rest of the country. We have, this, is, this is not Seattle. We haven't had the violence. We haven't had the riots or the looting. And, and quite frankly, we have a zero tolerance for that kind of thing. But I believe we can have a conversation about the best way to showcase our history and our downtown without dividing our community. So that's my thoughts. Uh, Matthew emailed in and said, any chance it would be moved to the current city hall like the original complaint had in 1980? No. Okay. Mayor President Josh Guillory joining us for Lafayette Live. We got to get in another break. On that note. Yes. On that note, there, um, there is a marker on City Parish Hall property that I believe is appropriate. That dictates history. Alfred Mouton, you know, general from Lafayette, mm-hmm. died in battle and battle mantle. Do you want to read history? That's history. But putting a big, big uh, statue of 60 years after someone died in the height of Jim Crow to intimidate an entire class of people is not a Confederate monument. That is a Jim Crow statue. Very different. All right, 748 now at Newstalk 96.5 KPL. One more segment with Lafayette Mayor President Josh Guillory as part of Lafayette Live brought to you by Southside Roofing. We're back with more after this. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Depend on it. Lafayette Live is brought to you by Southside Roofing at 337 Roofing, serving the Acadiana area for 20 years. Call Southside Roofing today at 337 Roofing for all your roofing needs. You're listening to Acadiana's Morning News and all Thursday during the 7 o'clock hour, Lafayette Mayor President Josh Guillory joins us. Sir, thank you very much. Yes, ma'am. All right, Rob, would you like to go to the phone line, sir? Absolutely. Go ahead, Bern. All right. We're going to go to Scott, who has been patiently waiting. Scott, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I... I... I see around the uh, the country, I see a bunch of empty uh, statue pedestals, and all they are is a target for graffiti. And I was just wondering, what are we going to put up in place of General Mouton? Okay, thanks for the question. Thank you, Scott. Look, I, I, I appreciate the... Well, I, I'm getting an echo burn. Can, okay. uh, can we, I think it's better now. Right. Yep. It is. And, uh, and I appreciate everyone's patience. Uh, Scott, appreciate that call too. So this is this is a conversation that I'd like to have with the public. And that's that's what um, you know, I kind of teetered off a little bit uh, just earlier and, and said, you know, hey, I mean, just, just some examples here. We don't have a, we don't have a statue of Jean Mouton. We don't have uh, a lot of prominent figures in, in Lafayette's history. But I don't know if a statute's appropriate. I don't know if uh, a mural's appropriate, but I'll tell you that this this is uh this is definitely a discussion that I think the community should be involved in. It's it's all of our downtown. We're one parish. Together we have one future. Uh, that is more than a theme to me. That is something that I, that I live by, and I feel like uh, the the more the more involvement, the the better. And I know that we can come together in a civil way. And come up with a with a solution that benefits the entire community, and and I, I know that we have it within ourselves to do great things. 
Yep. The, um, you know, I, I also think there are sometimes that the internet makes for good entertainment and it is people suggesting what should replace it. I've seen Allie Landry. I've seen Jake DeLome. I've seen Richard Simmons. I mean, really, Sharon Moss. I mean, you know. <laughs> All right. Hey, look, uh, Youngville wouldn't give Robin Bernie a, a statue in the, in the, uh, listen, Ken Ritter. Book. I'm just, you were right. You were right about that. I, I didn't want, look, I didn't want to, you know, peel the band aid off too fast. But I just feel like, you know, we don't, we don't need to leave anything in, <laughs> to ourselves and throw it out there. So, Ken, I just want to let you know that the petition will be going around right? for yes. Rob and Bernie statue in one of those five private circles. Yes. Well, and, no, and let's just start a bidding war because, yeah, you know, absolutely. if you want to put us right there where <laughs> yeah. the Mouton statue is, sure. we'll allow that as well. Right. You I know? mean, and all we all we ever asked for was a cardboard statue. I mean, okay, look, originally, <laughs> Wait, you're originally. you're yourself short. I wanted bronze. I, well, originally <laughs> I said gold, then Rob said bronze, and then we we kind of, you know, we agreed, okay, maybe we'll go with cardboard and oh, yeah, gosh. it's not happening. Hey, um, oh, man. Mayor President Judge Gillery, uh, we, we appreciate your time. And, and your patience, I, know our, yeah. I know our callers do, too. And I, I you know, it, look forward to the time that we're all back in the studio together. Uh, but, look, we can do this, and we'll make sure this conversation is ongoing. We appreciate your, your candor, and, you know, it's, it's why we do it. And I think a bunch of people appreciate it, and even just the ability to to give a call in um, there have been so many situations we have resolved with Lafayette live whether it was a a road that didn't have the proper signage or a pothole that wasn't being looked at so we uh we appreciate your responsiveness and uh and you know the show goes on so we'll look forward to seeing you next thursday well i really look forward to it thank you for what you do god bless you you too sir take care all right so that was your Lafayette Live. And uh, Rob, how can people hear that again if they'd like to go check it out? So we'll post all the segments on our website, kpel965.com. But just a reminder, you can listen to all your favorite KPL shows on demand anytime. The podcast is available. What you do is you can go to anywhere you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google Cast, and uh, you can download them there or subscribe mm-hmm. to them. So every time there's a new one, it'll pop up. Or ah. even easier, you go to kpel965.com. Click on Listen Live, and all of the episodes are there. So Love it. All good. You can listen to Acadiana's Morning News, Moon Griffon Show, Up Close with Bernadette Lee, and Offsides anytime, anywhere, especially, you know, if you're over at the beach, maybe you're up in Montana, and you just mm-hmm. need some Rob and Bernie to yeah. get, you, get your day started, <laughs> um, then we're here for you to do that as well. All right, so the weather for today, guess what? It's going to be hot. (laughs) High this afternoon at 93 degrees. Rob, you're not allowed to go outside today. Maybe so. Oh, maybe. I'm just going to have a cast tan. Oh, that's right. Coming up now on 757. Lafayette Live is brought to you by Southside Roofing at 337 Roofing, serving the Acadiana area for 20 years. Call Southside Roofing today at 337 Roofing for all your roofing needs. Fox News commentary. I'm Jimmy Fallon, and Disney has signed Colin Kaepernick to a development deal. I'll tell you why refs should throw the flag next. Time's running out to win $7,000 a week for life from Publishers Clearinghouse. Enter now at PCH.com and you could win $7,000 a week, week after week, for life. Don't miss your chance to win because $7,000 a week for life is ready to be awarded on August 31st. Go to PCH.com and enter before it's too late. That's PCH.com. Better hurry if you want the next big winner to be you. Enter now at PCH.com. Entries due 826. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited.
So Disney signed Colin Kaepernick to a massive deal to produce content for their platforms. To put it in football terms, I think this is a butt fumble. And like Kaepernick, I am not going to stand for this. Don't get me wrong. By signing him, Disney has sent a powerful message to little kids everywhere. And that message is, if you bash America enough, we'll give you a paycheck. Kaepernick just referred to the 4th of July as a celebration of white supremacy. Come on, man. America is a white supremacist nation like you're a good quarterback. The 49ers went 2-14 and 14 during his last season, a year in which he was so oppressed by this country, he earned 10 million bucks to play like he bet on the other team. I'm sorry, but nobody needs to see Disney films called Snow White and the Seven Boycotts, Lady and the Trump, or Kneeling Beauty. Kaepernick absolutely has the right to protest, and Disney has the right to sign him. But people who love this country have the right to throw the challenge flag with our wallets. That's your Fox News Get commentary. Get the free News app in the App Store and Google Play. News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Brobridge. Lafayette. Fewer Americans are still collecting unemployment. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. Still a big number in this corona-caused recession, but down in the past week as more than a million people file new claims. Fox's Lillian Wu has the details live. Dave, that big number this week is 1.31 million first-time claims. For last week, it's a drop from the prior week. That and continuing claims also better than expected at 18.06 million. Now, those new jobless filings coming in above a million for months now. And that latest number, while better than expected, is still nearly twice as high as the high week on record before this year. Also keep in mind those claims might be affected by the 4th of July holiday, which reduced the number of days applicants had to file. Dave? Now, Lily, not a big reaction on Wall Street. Stock futures are flat the day after the NASDAQ hit a new record high. There's a record number of new coronavirus cases reported in the U.S. yesterday, more than 60,000, with record new deaths and hospitalizations in Texas. Once Memorial Day hit, uh, people did get out more and more. You would see pictures of crowds, people standing shoulder to shoulder, not wearing masks. Dr. Diana Fight heads up the Texas Medical Association. President Trump just tweeted again the claim the surge in cases is because of so much testing that he says is much bigger and better in the U.S. House Democrats will hold a hearing today into the intelligence the White House claims wasn't verified that Russia tried to pay the Taliban to kill U.S. soldiers in Afghanistan. Republican Congressman Tim Burchett will be at that hearing and told Fox this morning. There's some in both parties that would like to see this this White House crumble. If the president knew about it, yes, it's, it's, it's not clear. In western Minnesota... Oh my God, that is an actual tornado. Paige Foti posted video online of one of two twisters that ripped through the Dalton area. One person was killed, two others injured. America's listening to Fox News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss.
The Supreme Court will wrap up this term, issuing the final three rulings next hour. Two of them involve President Trump, who's trying to block House Democrats and a New York prosecutor from accessing his financial records. Since the 2016 campaign, the president has refused to make his tax returns public, saying in 2018... They're under audit. They have been for a long time. They're extremely complex. People wouldn't understand them. A now former federal prosecutor who had investigated the president will testify behind closed doors today in the House. Jeffrey Berman's testimony before the House Judiciary Committee was announced last week, not long after he was fired by the president. The removal came following a public feud between Berman and U.S. Attorney General William Barr, who directed Berman to step aside. He refused. Berman has been attached to several legal probes linked to the president, involving former Trump fixer Michael Cohen, Florida businessman Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman, and the president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. The testimony will be in closed session. Grinnell Scott, Fox News. The 60-game baseball season finally starts two weeks from today, but dozens of players have the coronavirus. The MLB Players Association informed players that the intake round of COVID-19 testing returned 66 positive results that was split between 58 players and eight staff members. The second phase of testing, known as the monitoring phase, yielding a total of 10 positive tests. The testing protocols have been gone smoothly for MLB. Four ball clubs, including the reigning champs, the Washington Nationals, were forced to cancel workouts after not receiving results in time to safely proceed. Nats manager Dave Martinez says his team is moving forward after that mishap. You know, I tell the boys, hey, we just got to focus on getting ourselves ready right now. And uh, when July 23rd comes, hey, let's just go one or no. Matt Napolitano, Fox News. There will be no fans at the games, but NFL teams are considering limited crowds this fall. I'm Dave Anthony, and this is Fox News. Your 24-7 news source, on air, online, and with the Cape Hill News app. Now the headlines from the Cape Hill News Center. Good Thursday morning. I'm Rob Kirkpatrick with this update. The state of Louisiana is now ranked number five in the world for the number of COVID-19 cases per million people. Louisiana is listed as having roughly 2,000 cases per 1 million residents. There have been 70,151 confirmed cases of coronavirus in Louisiana. Just over 10% of all tests yesterday were positive. That's a benchmark the federal government uses to track problem areas. 95% of the cases reported to the state were community spread. Now let's turn to those numbers of hospitalizations. 1,022 patients in the hospital. That number down by three since yesterday. Governor Edwards says the state is headed in the wrong direction in its battle to stop the spread of COVID-19, but he's not contemplating a statewide mask mandate. Edwards says you should wear a mask when interacting with others outside of your home. Everything that, that we in this country and around the world have learned about the disease and the way that it spread uh, indicate that mask usage is incredibly important. The state health department reports over 70,000 coronavirus cases since the pandemic started. 1,000 COVID patients are hospitalized. The governor says over the last eight days, Louisiana has tested over 100,000 people, but that's also created a backlog in people getting their tests back. Assistant Health Secretary Dr. Alex Biu says if you're waiting on your results and you were exposed to someone who has COVID-19, you need to stay home for 14 days. 
You need to, to take whatever measures you can to isolate yourself in your home from other household members to reduce the likelihood that you would transfer uh, COVID to them uh, and certainly not going out. Concern is growing that statewide coronavirus pandemic numbers may result in fall high school sports being canceled. The governor says it's just too early to say. And I think we all have some concern that, that the situation may be such that's a prudent decision. Uh, but I don't think we're at that point in time where that decision needs to be made. And I think we need to, to know a little bit more. The LHSAA released a statement late Wednesday afternoon that said they are fully committed to the safe return of high school sports coming in the fall. A recent poll shows post-pandemic snacking is on the rise for Americans, and that's leading to people packing on the pounds. Matt Doyle has more for what it means in our state. Two-thirds of respondents to a recent one-poll survey say they put on some weight since March, with snacking and diet breaking being the biggest reasons why. LSU Health New Orleans Professor of Public Health Melinda Southern says that's pretty typical when people's routines get disrupted, but now is a bad time to be gaining weight. Obesity is associated with worst outcomes if you do get COVID-19. She says to cut down on snacking, just don't keep them around the house and get some sleep. When your sleep is disrupted, not only do you eat more, but you also have an increase in stress and an increase in inflammation. I'm Matt Doyle. We're going to be heating up across Acadiana over the next couple of days. Temperatures eventually going to be sitting in the mid-90s by Saturday afternoon. Today we are in the lower 90s with a heat index anywhere from 100 to 105 through the middle of the day. It is going to be a hot stretch of days no matter which way you look at it here in Acadiana. Most of that come up with plenty of sunshine, a 20% chance for a quick isolated shower over the weekend. Today we'll sit at about 10% for maybe a quick passing shower. Overnight lows in the upper 70s. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. So right now, 81 degrees here at the KPL Studios. Hey, the bed that's going to give you an edge every day, it's called the Sleep Number Bed. Great sale going on right now. A Sleep Number Bed is very different from every other bed out there. With the Sleep Number Bed, you and your spouse, you both get to pick your own individual sleep number. So you're going to get a peaceful night's sleep on the bed that you need for your body. And let's face it, we are all getting a little bit older. Things are moving and shifting. So you may need a different experience for your bed than you did even a week ago. So maybe one night you need a soft mattress and then the next night you need a firm mattress. And with a sleep number bed, that's what you get. You also get proven quality sleep. Tons of research on the sleep number bed. You're going to fall asleep faster. You're going to wake up feeling better, refreshed, and rejuvenated so you can tackle another day. You know, there are a lot of things you can do for yourself, but sleep needs to be in that top three because when you get a great night's sleep, you're healthier, you're going to have a better day. Discover the proven quality sleep for your health that I've been telling you about. Get a sleep number 360 smart bed. Right now, for a limited time, you can save up to $900 on select sleep number beds. And you shop any way you want. You can visit the store. You can go online. You can chat with somebody. The sleep number store here in Lafayette, right at the corner of Settler's Trace and Ambassador Caffrey, right near Whole Foods. Or you can pop on to sleepnumber.com or even give them a chat. You can call the store or you can chat with somebody at sleepnumber.com. Look, do this for yourself today. You deserve this. 
News Talk 96.5. KPL. Right now, traffic. So Lafayette police still have up on the board a fender bender I-10 eastbound at mile marker 105. That's at Louisiana Avenue. Again, I-10 eastbound mile marker 105, Louisiana Avenue. Uh, they're also reporting uh, some road debris situation. Old Spanish Trail at Westgate and Scott. That's Old Spanish Trail at Westgate and Scott. Please proceed with caution and make sure that you're buckling up and that you're keeping it safe out there today. Traffic brought to you by the Positive Coaching Alliance. Hey, do you have questions about youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA is a national nonprofit organization. They develop better athletes and better people through youth and high school sports. You can find out more at positivecoach.org. on this morning news. Robin Bernie with you. That's right. Hey, uh, Vern, just a little bit of a headline for you. Mm. Uh, New York State has had to stop a $6.6 million program. You know, they're having money problems up there. Um, uh, this program gave vasectomies to deer on Staten Island and uh, the latest victim of budget cuts. Just wanted to inform you of that. Ah, okay. Six point six million dollars, Burn. Only six point six million for the deer to live the rest of their life with no responsibility or commitment. I mean, come on. How come I don't get that? Because I think you're shortchanging me. You would like a vasectomy? Is that what you're saying? Um. Well, like, yeah. Are you want this? You want part of the six point six million dollars? I think I should qualify for both. Um, Anyways. Yeah. Okay. I thought that would make you laugh, but you didn't. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> Lord have All right. mercy. So Eddie is on the phone from St. Landry Parish Sheriff's Office hey, and Crime can, Stoppers. Hey, you, Ed. <laughs> you can afford uh, better than a cardboard statue if you got 6.6 6 million. <laughs> well, you know, Eddie Thibodeau on At the show to make sure that we, uh, you know, we solve the only crime going on today, and that's this show, apparently. So, good morning to you, Eddie. Oh, good, morning. Yeah. good morning. And, and I'm happy morning. about your cell phone connection, because we can hear you loud and clear all the way from St. Landry Parish. Oh, that's, that, that's a blessing in disguise right there. That's uh, <laughs> modern technology right here. No that's more right. smoke signals. That's right. All right, so tell us about the crime of the week. What are you guys working on? In, in June 24th, uh, on the 300 block of Smith Lane, uh, this lady left for work, man, and she gets home and it, everything's gone. I mean, a flat screen TV, 60 inch, um, even the cable box, I guess they just, you know, you just pull everything. Um, more TVs. Uh, I mean, her, her house, her, some money in there, rummage through the, uh, the cabinets and stuff, you know, and it's just so crazy to leave your home. At six, you know, to go to work, and you come back, and you open it up, and you just I see know. a violation of your personal property. You know, um, so we're going to post that up. It's on the 300 block of Smith Lane in Opelousas. Um Again, a home burglary is just unbelievable. I just, you know, uh, to come home and just see your house in array and and disarray rather, and uh, and your stuff missing. So you know, neighbors, take care of yourselves. Watch. You know, if you see a vehicle at a house, at your neighbor's house, 
backed up. I mean, you got to figure they can't just walk down the street. You know, they have to load it somehow. You know, let us know. It, hey, we could go there and it could be their, their cousin. It could be their uncle uh, helping out. But what if it's not? Yep. So do yourself uh, the neighbor a favor. You know, some of them can't afford alarms and, and stuff. So give us a call. Well, Easy, not, uh, I was going to say not to mention, you know, just having someone and you know they were inside your house. You know, that's the part to me that's yes. always like it's just an invasion of privacy. Yeah. Right, that's right. Huh. And, uh, you know, we the sheriff's office, we've been busy. We, we made two arrests on a, uh unfortunate case on a uh, person, a girl under the age of 12. Um, you know, this, this is, they got some sick people out there, and I'm glad that uh, our juvenile detectives were able to uh, apprehend him and actually apprehend the lady that actually helped her run away. Um, and now she's being charged with contributing. So, uh, you know, uh, and I know they're going to get some help for this girl. And uh, just, you know, watch your kids, you know, be a part of their life and stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, I hate to say it, just don't trust anybody, you know. Find out, you know, ask the, the hard questions of where you're going and, and uh, who you're going to be with, what time and stuff like that. Now, this young girl, unfortunately, ran away. But still, be a part of their life and, and, and you know, especially in these these crazy times uh, we're dealing with right now. Okay, so how are things in St. Landry Parish? We know early on, uh, especially case-wise, it was a hot spot, uh, largely due to some of the nursing homes and uh, long-term care facilities that had some issues there. How are things going there? And um, are you guys involved in any of this at this point? Well, you know, the same thing where 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 lobbies are still closed and stuff, and and it, it's mostly like you see, uh, and y'all guys put it out there, uh, social gatherings and and bars and stuff like that. Um, nursing homes, I don't see too many people coming across on the list now. Our deaths are are, are stopped, um, you know, and you got to give it to our healthcare workers and stuff that are working on the front lines, you know, the hospitals and stuff. But you know, uh, our guys are still masking up. Uh, there, we're if someone has to come into our lobby, we disinfect our ink pens and our chairs and, and our stuff. So, uh, again, uh, we see no uptick. But, um, again, you know, you have to wash your hands and, and, and keep wearing your mask when you're in groups of, you know, people away, like you said, like you, you report, uh, away from your family. So uh, uh, we're going to get through this thing, and we're going to be back to normal. Awesome. Major Eddie Thibodeau. As always, so great to talk to you. Yes, you crime fighter, you. Yes, uh, just hey, keep on bringing those plaques. <laughs> <laughs> we will do that. Uh, it's uh, They're up and running, I think it's uh, September or something like that. So uh, hopefully we'll bring it. And again, we, we always, you know, we're laughing at the plaques, but if without y'all and without the, the people that get involved, that take the time to download the P3 app or, or call the 948 8477 number or any tip line in Acadia or, or Evangelina or, or St. Not Evangelina, I'm sorry, um, Iberia in Acadia or Lafayette. Uh, just get involved and, and just tip us. Uh, wow. Make it different. Like like KP says, be the difference. And, and, and honestly, all you have to do is make that tip and our men and women will, will work that, uh, that crime. All right, Eddie Thibodeau, thanks so much for your time today. Hey, God Good bless you. you. God bless you too, man. Appreciate you. Okay, you know what, and, and Eddie dude. said something, yeah. and I don't even think he even really meant, not that he didn't mean to, and I can't remember what it was, but it piqued my interest. Hey. You know, the situation with the DMVs, you know, there yeah. are several that are closed across the state because they had someone test positive who was like a traveling 
employee that you know uh-huh. was at multiple locations. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I want to reach out and see if we can get an answer on if anything is being done at the state level. You know, because people have driver's license that expire. You know, a sure. lot of times it expires on your birthday. During this time, is there any sort of leeway? Maybe that's a question we need to ask. Or if you have a registration that's expiring yeah. or a handicap well, placard that's expiring. I, I do know you can go to expresslane.org. Like, I know you can go there mm-hmm. and, like, and get a bunch of it done. But, yeah, we'll follow up on that again because you, even those, you know, they even have the um, uh, the, the, the for-profit ones. It costs you a little bit of a convenience fee, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because um, I think they can but, still process everything because the state systems are open. Yeah, yeah. It's not, you know, but the that's issue. that's a great story. I did a quick little Googleage real quick. Yeah, and you I, Googled and Of it? course, the thing that came up was Texas. Texas has suspended <laughs> all of that through the end of the year. Oh. So, so like, you know. oh, their deadlines, you mean? Yeah, so basically, like, if your driver's license is expired and it expires on July 1st or whatever, July 15th, yeah. it's actually going to expire on December 31st. Gotcha. It just gives some more time to kind that's of That's nice. Get out. We should... Okay, I'm on it. You know what? Let's propose that, and let's call it Rob and Bernie's Driver's License Relief Act. And um, I want you to propose that. Maybe you can call around Blake Miguez, uh, Jean-Paul. Yeah. Let's call around. Let's get something going, because there are a lot of people who don't want to be in crowds. I remember when the DMV opened after being closed for so long, the line was down the street up there in Karen Crow. So, anyway. All right. We'll work on that. Uh, it is 822 now at News Talk 96.5. I'll add that to my list of, you know, the 40 things else add I'm going to do today. What's, what's 41? I'm at What's it. 41? You I'm know? with you. I'm with you. So. No, seriously, it's a great point because um, somebody in our household had the same situation yep. last week. So, yeah. Yep. 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 All right, then. Quick break here. We're back with more Acadiana's Morning News after this. Get breaking news first and exclusive content now. Download the free KPL News app, free in the App Store and Google. All right, to Kediana's morning news. 81 degrees. All right, Rob, 93. Yeah, 93s are high today? Yeah, and 94 tomorrow. So I was just wondering if it's okay with you. Would it be all right? I could come to your house. Yeah, you're more than welcome. Okay, I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to swim in your pool for a little while. Okay. And then I'll add some chlorine and I'll leave. (laughs) Is that like, okay? I'm just going to sprinkle in a little extra of this chemical just to cover our bases. Yeah, would that be all right? Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, There's a story. It has gone viral on Reddit. It's a bride who's gained some weight during the pandemic. (laughs) Now, she wants her sister. Now, her sister bought her wedding dress as a gift. That's sweet. The wedding dress doesn't fit, and now they're having a family feud over who's Uh going to pay to have it altered to fit. Uh Now, now I will tell you this. The the overarching thought about this whole thing is... She already bought you a dress. Pay for the alterations. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm general, thinking. But then there are some other people that said, no, she bought you the dress to wear. You should be able to wear it no matter what the situation is. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of go with the, she bought the dress. Just pay to have it altered. You know? Uh, that's what I'm thinking. Don't be a bridezilla. Yeah. You know? And you know what? I mean, honestly, is it about the dress? Because I would just wear it unzipped. And wear a T-shirt under it. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I think sometimes that's what happens. People get, like, wrapped up in it. I mean, it's supposed to be about this person you're going to be with for the rest of your life. So I know the dress is important, but, like, 
I don't know, man. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to feud with my sister over that. No, you don't you know? need to. Or just don't be a cheapskate. I mean, she bought you the dress. Um, everybody has gained a little weight during the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with you. Like, maybe, I don't know, pay for the alterations. Mm, I mm. think so, too. I think so, too. So, I love um, Reddit for these discussions. They're, they're always great ones, you yes. know? And, the, and people who are brave enough to do the ask me anything... You know, like yes. I think that is like th- there have been people who are like, Rob, you should do an AMA. You should do an AMA. And I'm like, listen to the show for three hours a day. I pretty much say everything. Right. I don't know if I want to do an AMA. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so there are some border towns in Mexico yeah. who are taking some steps. Yes. They're taking steps, kind of the inverse of keeping Americans from crossing the border into Mexico because they're worried about tourists bringing the coronavirus Uh from the U.S. into Mexico where they're Uh not having as big of an issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, it's kind of led to some tension, but, I mean, the states are kind of understanding because they're in a similar situation. There are a lot of Mexican nationals that come up into the United States on certain weekends that do... Yeah, shopping, back-to-school shopping, tax-free shopping, that sort of thing. Um, So, yeah, a little bit of an issue going on over in Arizona. And finally, the pandemic could mean the end of salad bars, some people are saying. Darn it. And it's possible. You and I are the weird people. We realize this because we have lost weight during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. right? Because we, we got focused on it. Dude. I, yes, I love salad bars. I know yes. they're not out anywhere, but darn it! Well, in not even just the salad bars, like the hot food bars, like at the grocery stores where they have you know the fried chicken and the mashed potatoes, you know, and everything, and you really don't think about it until you think, oh my gosh, everyone is touching the same spoon, <laughs> you know? And, right. And I mean, now there are a lot of places that are doing it right and making yeah, they sure do. To, to keep things. Um, situated, but and, however, like they they still have their buffet, but they'll serve you, which I think is correct. super cool. You correct. know, yeah. Um, Bloomberg has a story this morning that says grocery stores are doing whatever it takes to keep the salad bar, including deploying a robot to save the lucrative salad bar from becoming a relic of the pre-pandemic past. So basically. <sighs> Okay, the pictures I've seen of this thing, it looks like the claw machine, okay? And, and you, you know, you tell it you what lettuce you want, and it literally just goes and it picks up a chunk of lettuce. And then you just sort of go down the line. I think that's way too expensive of an option. We'll figure out a safer way to do it. There's already the sneeze guard, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, that's what I think is going to happen. I don't think we're going to get so crazy with everyone having a vending machine because like you know <laughs> i just don't see us at, at becoming you know a bubble boy situation nah well you know? although i will tell you you know what we should do for charity mm-hmm. okay how about you know those big um those big plastic balls that like people run in we should do that for charity rob wouldn't, I hear you. wouldn't we be hilarious in those look i i completely hear you and um I couldn't do it right now with my foot because it is a definitely okay. a deadly weapon weapon right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, but like but later, yeah. like in about four months, mm-hmm. when you've had the super bionic healing, yeah, um, we should do that because it would be hilarious. We uh, would you know we what? would be very entertaining. I will tell you this: if nothing else, uh huh, this situation even on okay. So today is the sixth day of uh-huh. the broken foot um, uh, of the experience of the yeah. And is it still painful? Is today Thursday? Yeah, today's Thursday. Oh my gosh, tomorrow's Friday. That's awesome. Okay. Is it is it still painful though, by the way? Um 
I'm actually not in a lot of pain, which is actually a really good sign. When I'm I went glad. to the orthopedic surgeon, yeah. he said, you know, he would be much more concerned if I like couldn't move a bone, like, and it was in that much pain. Not in that much pain. It's just, it's, it's uncomfortable. And I finally figured out how to sleep last night, so I kind of slept all right. But, um, but I have really learned the true, you know, it's not just inconvenience. I mean, but just how the handicapped population physically handicapped that have to use wheelchairs or scooters or you know any sort of device it is hard i mean there are a lot of things i mean even if they're up to code you know and you're mm-hmm. getting out in the in the blue stripes and you're going up the the um, ramp and everything else one thing i never anticipated the door thresholds door thresholds stop Ooh. you in your tracks they're oh, not used to roll over and i Ugh. understand you probably need it to have a tight seal on the door i mean i get that but you know, there's a lot of different things. I mean, I'm kind of seeing the world through a whole new, you know, lenses, you know, on, on mm-hmm. how this works. And I mean, like I said, everyone's up to code. I mean, they're all doing it right. But I mean, I, now I have to use the, the knee scooter to get around. So I mean, I have to be, I gotta be able to roll, you know? And well, yeah, dude. grass doesn't do well with it or, you know, the um, kind of uh, textured, flooring that doesn't do well with <laughs> that's it, so. not fun either huh you know Golly. anyway but uh all that to say i'm doing better and you know whenever I, whenever I feel more up to it and i'm back in action and i maybe yeah. i have this cast off we can try to find some of those inflatable balls okay I think it would be fun i think it like a like four months would be perfect may as well i think it would be hugely hilarious <laughs> like around thanksgiving that's that, right oh that could be good we could do oh we could do that and raise some money like for second harvest that would be a fun one. That would be fun. Awesome. Yeah. We could ask right. for tips. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know? Trust me, that's the only thing I'm getting tips for, by the way. <laughs> me <laughs> not too. Not going to be able to do anything I'm else. I'm with you. Me too. All right. It's 833 hey, now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. I could get tips, though, if, like, I started singing, people could tip me in order to stop. Wow. There's that, too. Wow. You know, that's out there, too. That's right. Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. Ben. 8.34 now at News Talk 96.5 KPL. News is coming up. National headlines and local news that affects you the most. Hey, it's Robin Burning, and you're listening to Acadiana's Morning News. I listen every morning. I like to stay informed. Wake up with us weekday mornings at 5.30 for the headlines on News Talk 96.5. K- it's the bottom of the hour. Now the top stories from KPL96.5.com. We've reached the bottom of the hour and topping your headlines this morning. The Abbeville Police Department arrested Jordan Huntsbury on multiple drug and traffic violations yesterday. To make matters worse, the responding officer also discovered Huntsbury's sleeping child inside the car. Investigators say the child was not in the car when Huntsbury fled from officers at the scene. Governor Edwards signed a new budget into law yesterday that leaves nearly $106 million unspent and on hold as the state grapples with financial troubles due to COVID-19. A total of $535 million was left unspent in the budget. Lawmakers will have an opportunity to steer that money to specific projects during a second anticipated special session this fall. Louisiana is now fifth in the nation per capita on COVID-19 cases and over a 1,000 people are in the hospital battling the virus here in our state. 
Jeff Palermo has an update. The governor did not have much in the way of good news during his COVID-19 media briefing. We have lost all the gains made in June and are now seeing some numbers that rival our peak back in April. The state reported nearly 1,900 new cases on Wednesday and Edwards says thousands more are waiting on their test results. And the Department of Health is aware that some testing sites have been very slow in getting results to the people who were tested. Health officials say if you were exposed to COVID-19, then you should quarantine for 14 days. I'm Jeff Palermo. Homer Representative Tanner McGee submits a letter to Bessie requesting the board does not consider a recommendation to cancel high school sports at this time. McGee says it's important to offer a counterbalance to recent initiatives scrapping sports through December. If that's the only letter or request she had in front of her, then it might leave the Bessie board and her under the impression that that's how the legislature felt. Senate Education Chairman Cleo Fields of Baton Rouge had asked Bessie to suspend all fall sports for K-12 through schools because of COVID-19. McGee says among the reasons to continue moving forward with sports is to motivate many of the students to stay in school and to combat the health concerns of those struggling with adolescent obesity. We have kids who are overweight. We have kids that have all kinds of physical issues going on. Uh, they need sports to maintain that balance. McGee says canceling sports may also become an obstacle in seeing kids continue their education following high school. This moment's their only avenue to have a scholarship to go to college, and they're going to be missing out on an opportunity to earn that. And the downstream effects of that might be far more detrimental. Louisiana's craft beer industry is branching out into the hard seltzer business. Kevin Barnhart has the story. The largest, fastest growing part of the whole alcohol segment. The boozy sparkling water saw a sales growth of 73% between spring and fall of last year. And founder of Acadiana-based Bayou Tesh Brewing, Carlos Knott, says they've begun producing some flavors year-round. We have a blackberry lemonade, a tangerine, a mango peach, and a kiwi key lime. Plus some specialty flavors as well. We just did one that was flavored like absinthe. And he doesn't see the craze dying down anytime soon. You're out barbecuing or cutting the grass or, you know, at the pool, and it's a refreshing, easy-drinking beverage. I'm Kevin Barnhart. Former Fox News anchor Shepard Smith has a new TV home, CNBC. Smith will anchor a new primetime news show weekdays at 7 p.m. Smith was one of the original anchors at Fox News when it launched in the late 1990s. He left his show, Shepard Smith Reporting, last year after rumored internal conflicts with Fox News Channel management. The Ivy League is putting all sports on hold due to the pandemic. It's now the first NCAA Division I conference to say it won't play college football this fall. And if things don't get better, basketball could reportedly be next. Teams might still practice in the fall but won't play until next year. That's because of restrictions on travel, requirements for social distancing, and limits on group gatherings. Houston, Texas is calling off next week's Republican convention for the state. More than 6,000 people were expected in a city that is now a coronavirus hotspot. Mayor Sylvester Turner says he can't take the chance of a large indoor gathering when hospitals are already stretched thin. Republicans called a double standard, saying Turner spoke at last month's Black Lives Matter protests. A New York bird watcher in a viral 911 call says he doesn't want the woman who called the cops on him to be charged. That's why Christian Cooper is no longer cooperating with prosecutors. He said the woman has suffered enough and bringing her more misery is just piling it on. The two were in New York Central Park in May when Cooper asked the woman to leash her dog. She refused and said Cooper was threatening her. Facebook is shutting down more than 100 accounts and pages linked to political operative Roger Stone. 
The former advisor to President Trump and longtime friend is set to report to prison next week for lying to Congress. Facebook says a network used the site to pose as residents in Stone's home state of Florida to post misinformation and promote the 67-year-old's books and posts. The federal deficit is hitting a record high through the first nine months of the fiscal year. The Congressional Budget Office estimates the new mark to be at $2.7 trillion. The deficit was $863 billion just last month, far more than the $8 billion figure starting in June of last year. The CBO blames the increase on the economy closing amid the COVID-19 pandemic. And finally, get ready to dance by the TV. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony is coming to HBO November 7th. It was canceled back in May because of the pandemic. This was supposed to be the first time inductions and performances would air live. The special will honor Depeche Mode, the Doobie Brothers, Whitney Houston, Nine Inch Nails, and the Notorious B.I.G. It will all stream on HBO Max. Mostly sunny skies across Acadiana today with your highs getting into the lower 90s. Heat index, though, is going to sit anywhere from 100 to 105, and it will be even hotter as we head into the weekend. A 10% chance for a quick passing shower with your winds from the west-southwest at 8 to 12 miles an hour. Overnight lows in the upper 7. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, I'm KTC Meteorologist Daniel Phillips on News Talk 96.5 KPL. When the United States government officially rolls out its virus tracing app, and it will. There'll be promises of increased safety and a quicker end to the pandemic. But should you install it on your smartphone? Today, let's see how it worked in other countries. Your Thursday Consumer Tech Update is brought to you by Honey, the free online tool that automatically finds and applies promo codes to your card. Visit joinhoney.com slash Kim. Norway was first. Within two weeks, almost a million Norwegian smartphones had the virus tracing app. But Norway wasn't hit hard, and the app proved nothing except that Surveillance of Norwegians' private lives was far too easy. The app was quickly withdrawn. Likewise, Britain abandoned its app. India's app linked the precise location of all 77 million users. To be blunt, no virus tracing app in any country is not posing serious privacy and security flaws. So as you watch America's face mask battle, just wait until they try to force us all to use an app on our smartphones. I'm Kim Commando. Small businesses have unique needs, and despite the current uncertainty, one thing that remains unchanged is the importance of having the right people on your team. When your business is ready to make that next hire, LinkedIn Jobs can help by matching your role with qualified candidates so you can find the right person quickly. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 690 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for and puts your job post in front of qualified members every day so that it's seen by people looking for jobs like yours. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash Kim. Again, that's linkedin.com slash Kim to get $50 off your first job post. Once again, that address LinkedIn.com slash Kim. Terms and conditions apply.
just don't want me to be a part of this. You want Bob Carriker all to yourself. I do, I, I yeah. Know, yeah. I know it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. I wish, I wish everyone was like that. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby boy, Summer Bob, welcome into the show. It's good to talk to you again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm in um, I'm in Butte, Montana. I'm coming to you live from Butte, Montana this morning. Is it a Butte? Is where you're pretty? It is. <laughs> it is. This is actually one of my favorite towns in the United States and definitely in the American West. I, I love Butte, Montana. The history is just unbelievable, and it's all around you. Um, we're going to talk about it this morning, but it, it, when people get back out and about and they make their way to Yellowstone and Glacier and they're in the region of Butte, Montana, absolutely uh, take take a little bit of time there. I have a friend who um, I I knew from back home in Mandeville, but he ended up living in Lafayette for a long time, and they bought a, a property. And when I say property, I, I think it's like thousands of acres okay <laughs> up in montana uh-huh. and so i mean there are like daily pictures and you would think that he was at a different place on earth every single day just because the landscape is just that beautiful yeah they, yeah well they have a the the tourist sticker that everybody drives around with here is it's a outline of the state of montana which is a very big state and it says get lost in Montana, it's because it's so gigantic, it's so geographically um, diverse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you found the one cell phone tower uh, up there, and you jo- chose to use it to talk to us of all people. So, well, um, it's funny you say that because I have started to to wonder sometimes if there's like one Wi-Fi, you know, <laughs> tower in this state because I frequently do not have it. Well, you know what? That's the place. See, in all this time, I thought I had to go to the other side of the world to lose cell phone coverage. If I just have to go to Montana, that's much more economical. You know, I, I think oh, that yeah. should be on the bucket list. Um, so, Bob. Definitely, and it's a lot cooler, too. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, so what are we talking about today, Bob? So I'm in Butte, and we're going to talk about one of the uh, the most for me, striking, most poignant, thoughtful, historic sites that I have ever come across. And every time I come to this location, it, it's just, it's very emotional because of what happened up here um, in Butte. And, and so there's a lot that happened in Butte, Montana. Butte, Montana in the late 1800s became the world's largest, most productive, most um, valuable copper mining center. So, uh, you know, you, you think of mining in Montana and the American West, you oftentimes think of silver and gold, but copper also could be extraordinarily expensive, or not expensive, um, lucrative and important. So Butte, Montana became this copper mining center, and people from around the world flocked there to participate in the mining. Um, lots of Irish miners, lots of Cornish miners, literally immigrants from everywhere. Uh, so the history that's around the town is, is extraordinary. Um, but in 1917, there was the Granite Mountain Speculator Mine Disaster. Um, and it, it's, it's, this, it's this incredible thing because of the landscape that you sit at when you're at this, um, at this memorial. And it, it is virtually unchanged. So when you sit there and you read the stories of what happened in this speculator mine disaster, 
and you connect it to the landscape that's still in front of you. It's really a powerful thing. Um, the mine shaft was 2,500 feet long, tall, oh, uh, you know, deep. Yeah. And they were in the process. The miners were advocating for um, increased safety. Uh, and this is right in World War One. So copper mining was at an all-time high. And the mining company was actually responding, and they were trying to electrify some of the operations deep within the mine. Well, the giant electric cable that they were sending down there broke. It was insulated with, and it's hard to believe this, but it was insulated with oil-soaked rags. Oh, oh I mean, right. come on. Right. So it breaks, it's hanging, it catches fire, and the entire mine essentially becomes a gigantic ignited chimney. Oh. And so, I mean, it, it, again, it's, it's terrible, terrible, but when history can actually bring a tear to your eye standing there, that's when it's, you know, at its most yes. powerful. And that's what happens because it's not just terrible that you, you know, you reflect on and know what happened there, but the panels that they have at this site provide the letters that the miners who were losing oxygen in the mine were writing to their loved ones because it happened for them over a course of four days. Wow. Uh, they didn't die in fires. They died by asphyxiation as the oxygen was slowly pulled out and they knew what was happening. They came to know what was happening. And so they were writing letters, not letters, I guess, but notes, notes. Uh, to their loved ones. And they're so, they're so at peace and they're so at, at, at accepting what's going on and they're trying to make amends. And all of these letters are part of this uh, this extraordinary memorial that's still there to the Granite Mountain speculator mine disaster. It, it's the 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 most uh, greatest loss of life in any hard rock mining uh, disaster still to this day in the United States. Well, because that's what you normally think. You normally think of coal or you know, and some people even consider you know oil and gas industry as your mine. I mean, you're still extracting right. something an, from the earth an you know active industry exactly and, and it's something that can explode you know and uh wow well yeah you know it, it is it is so crazy because so much of that landscape you're right is is still untouched you know and so i'm sure there's a lot you could see in and so much history to see it too that's right there is it is I mean, it, in some ways there's so much that's untouched and, and beautiful and that pulls out emotions in you and then there's a lot, so much that's historic that's that is touched by history but the history is sort of untouched still to this day and it, it's palpable oh yeah. gosh i would imagine so my wow. goodness so it's just it's great being here i really you know i think butte montana is this spectacular amazing historic site is beautiful and i really want to encourage people when they're in this part of the world to take the time um to go and check it out and yeah. make their way ask around to the speculator mine disaster memorial it is not obvious and you actually have to find it ah, okay. um, but once yeah. you get there it's it's really thought-provoking and if it's not there's something wrong with you yeah no seriously right and i mean it does and that's the interesting thing about history is that you know you have all of these stories that perhaps you never maybe even heard of Mm. Right. That, exactly. Exactly. And uh, and and when you—that's part of the reason why I love to travel 
and do history. I, I don't think that I'm an oppressive history travel guy. You could ask my mm. kids, but they, they're getting it. They get into it, too. But I definitely, it, it enriches one's travels. It definitely enriches one's perspective on the world that they live in. Wow. Loving it. Wow. Well, Bob, yeah. any chances you're going to cross over the state border up into Spokane, or uh, you still have the authorities out for you there? <laughs> so, yeah, they've asked me not to come back. I think it's 2025. Okay. All right. No, I'm totally joking. I've actually been back to Spokane. I have visited my parents. Um, it's all good. So and they we're still at, we're like all, you. Uh, starting. To, well, <laughs> my father does. My mother. Uh, <laughs> okay. This is a question. Someone just now ended. Uh, just wrote in. Jake just now said, "Ask Bob if we just want to go up there for a quick long weekend. We don't have time to drive. What is the closest airport?" to fly into to see the most you can see in Montana? Uh, either Bozeman or Missoula. Mm. Okay, so put that yeah. on your list. Uh, Everyone, yes. And, and we appreciate we that. We love uh, you, Bob. Hey, uh, by the way, I hear that there's something yeah. not too far away from you, uh, the the Dumas brothel. Um, so maybe it <laughs> might be something else you need to figure out. Hilarious. I'm not sure how you just pulled that out of your hat. Um, but we drove by the Dumas brothel. I have had some some sort of uncomfortable experiences at the Dumas brothel. Oh. Um, well, <laughs> it's, we it's long about... since shut. Bernie, please. I'm just checking. This is a family-friendly show. Yes. It's long since shut down. Ah, okay. okay. I was but, just asking. But it's it's supposedly it's supposedly haunted, and so actually, oh. just yesterday, and the, the Dumas brothel is in in Butte. It, it is shut down, obviously, long since, but it's been set up as a museum. As we drove into Butte, my daughter said she wanted to go to the Dumas brothel because she follows this uh, ghost adventurer show. Oh. Her friend Olivia got her involved in the ghost adventures. And apparently the Dumas brothel is one of the features on this show. So she wanted to go there. Mm -hmm. And that sparked a conversation about, so do you know what a brothel is? And <laughs> she did know what a brothel was. She did know that prostitutes did their work at the brothel. And do you know what a prostitute is? And she did know what a prostitute <laughs> was. So it's, it's, uh, you know, you travel with your kids and you, you're in the car with them and you actually learn things. About it's them. Good, well, and they are, they're learning things, apparently. <laughs> All right, right, Bob. We, we love gotta you. We got to let you go. Thanks, Bob. Enjoy your time up there. Soak Bye. in that.